Hey, Jason. What? You know what time it is? What time is it? Time for a musical intro! Yes! <laughs> Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. Where the kisses are hers and hers and his three's company, too. Come and dance on our floor. Second verse, yes. Take a step that it's new. We've a lovable space that needs your face. Three's company, too. That's right, part threes on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention, planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Yo, 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 what's up, brah? What's up? Welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am DJ Mixmaster Insane Mike. Oh, gosh. Tonight I'm going to take you through all the hits. <laughs> to start us off with a nasty beat. Quickly climbing the charts. <laughs> it's called the Attack of the Killer Podcast Patreon. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Our Patreon is filled with tons of content for you, the supporters of our show. Special videos, bonus episodes, Insane Mike's One Minute Top Ten lists, a collection of music from the show, transcripts. Cats nudes. Yes. Is that nude cats or nude pictures of Mike holding a cat? You will have to uh, pay to see. (laughs) That's right. All that and more. So if you go to patreon.com backslash A-O-T-K-P, you can check out the different levels, pick your level, and get tons of cool stuff! So do it now. Do it today. Over the years, we, as Attack of the Killer Podcast, have been part of various podcast networks. And we decided, well, hell, let's just do our own! That's right! You asked for it, I tell myself. You demanded it, in my mind. The Prescribed Films Podcast Network. And it continues to grow as we speak. Now featuring, well, Attack of the Killer Podcast. Midnight Snacks, my uh, solo show about um, TV movie horror hosts. Land of the Creeps, all about movies. Story by dot 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 podcast. The Fiasco Brothers Watch a Movie. My Bleeding Ears. And my bloody hook podcast so you can check out all of these amazing shows at the pfpn.com that is the pfpn.com to check out all those amazing shows and if you're a regular listener to the show you're like crap you like almost doubled since the last episode well yes it's it's so popular it continues everybody to wants grow. to be on it it's like it's like this fungus I have oh, gosh. in a special place. It just keeps growing. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like that. <laughs> now, a little bit more about our show. Attack of the Killer podcast is a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together and discuss movies within a certain topic. It's a casual conversation. It's casual. Um, much like to you say ha- the least. <laughs> Much like you have with your own horror fan fan friends. So the conversation is raw and unfiltered. So there will be spoilers. 
<laughs> so <laughs> now, that's so serious right there. Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. When he was in the third grade, he had a Cyclops for a teacher. He had to transfer to another class, though, because the Cyclops only had one pupil, Jason Bollinger. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. Next up, he has three nipples but only uses one, Brian Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. What's he do with that one? I don't know. He wants to make a movie about a set of triplets with large breasts. It's called 3Ds in 3D in 3D. Tad good, everybody. <laughs> I already made it. <laughs> and lastly, our special guest. He just got back from saving Doc Brown in the Old West. Blake Hosworth. Did I come close <laughs> with that at all? That is that is pretty good. I They said it the same way in the Old West when I was there, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Like Howsworth. <laughs> like Howsworth. <laughs> it's Doc Brown's to be like Howsworth. <laughs> there it is. Uh, yep. <laughs> All right. How's everybody doing? Good. Awesome. Super excited that uh, my buddies at the Fiasco Brothers are on our network now. That's awesome. I know. Isn't that cool? And uh, I just listened to the most recent episode of uh, Bloody Hook the other day. Um, and that's a really cool podcast too. So I should go. I mean, you should check all the shows out. But yeah, yeah. Since it's fresh in my mind because I just listened to it, Bloody Hook is very cool. And cryptozoology and conspiracy theories and aliens and that kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to listen. The to episode it yet. that just came out today has Ed Sanchez. It's about big. Oh, Clip. there's a brand new one. Okay. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm real excited to check that one out. But I'm so behind on pot. I had I took three days off from work and went out of town with my son. And now I'm like, I feel like I'm a year behind on podcast (laughs) listening. So, uh, okay, so cool. All right, so now I'm going to turn it over to Ted, because I keep saying so. Yeah, so, uh, so, so, um, all right, we're going to everybody's favorite segment, I mean, my favorite at least, and it's, this segment is called What We Watch. On this segment, we just sort of go around the table and we talk about something we've watched since the last episode, or if you haven't been on and you're a guest um, just recently, that you've watched that you either suggest or don't suggest, but um, we just sort of talk about something that's, that's not on the official podcast. So I am going to start with somebody that I tend to forget almost every episode <laughs> and just get him right out of the way. Brian, what did you watch? That's because I'm always in the way. Damn it. Oh. Um, I haven't watched a whole lot of new stuff. I've mostly been watching uh, kaiju movies in preparation for uh, G-Fest and a panel that I'm going to be a part of there. Oh, whoa, but, uh, whoa, whoa, back it N- up. Name dropping. Yeah, let's, uh, let's just not okay. breeze past first that, sir. First that, that's uh, There's a Godzilla convention next week, and there's panels, and I'm going to be part of one of them. That's, that's about it. It's about horror in kaiju movies. So we're talking about uh, Frankenstein Conquers the World and Matango and War of the Gargantuas and stuff like that. Nice. Awesome. Um, but I did, I've been sort of tunneling through Amazon Prime uh, looking for 
just all kinds of weird because they got so much stuff oh my god yeah. and there's a cool little movie on there called Blood Salvage that I think uh, Mike would especially enjoy it's got little small parts by uh, Ray Walston and John Saxon and it's about this family that gets waylaid by this crazy dude and his sons who are like super religious backwoods black market surgeons like the guy's wife died and he failed to save her so now he thinks God is like sending him tourists to harvest their body parts and so he like takes people apart and uses their organs to put other people together and it's yeah neat little movie lots of boom mics (laughs) lots of whoever whoever was responsible for mapping the picture did a very poor job but uh, it's a fun movie sweet yeah, I saw your. I just watched your new uh, video update, and when you were talking about the sword and sandal finds that you oh yeah found, yeah I watched the Hercules movie too. <laughs> you yeah you make me you reminded me and and when you did now that I mean I have Amazon and I don't seem like I get a chance to spend a lot of time on it looking so I just kind of browse what's on the surface level but I forget yeah. it goes deep doesn't it Yeah, it, I'll, I'll just go up to the search function <laughs> like for that one I just went to the search and typed in Hercules and there's like 30 oh, Italian Hercules movies <laughs> on there that's my like problem that's search for an actor like I looked up Boris Karloff <laughs> one time and just added a whole shitload of like obscure Boris Karloff titles to my list so that's my problem I can never think of what to put into the search so I just usually I just end up scrolling yeah, and on the so on that if you're just doing that and on the surface it seems very limited, but no, I know it's it's like mega deep. It's like if you ever get lost in Netflix, you know, you're doomed if you go to Amazon. Amazon. You hey, used he, to be able to get lost in Netflix. You can't really do that anymore. They they've definitely shallowed the pool quite yeah, a bit. That's true, but dude, they got like shallowed. That's not a that's a drained word. the pool. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, they got things <laughs> on Amazon for crying out loud. So. Yeah. My problem is when I get on Netflix, like you're fucking scrolling and it starts playing the shit. Like, yeah, I hate, I hate that. It. it fucking gives me anxiety. I was like, I don't even want to get on there because I fucking scramble and I'm like, oh god, don't no, I don't want to see two seconds of every fucking thing. Jesus, stop. And then I'm just like quit because I'm sick of hearing two seconds of every fucking. Yeah, movie. you got to scroll fast enough that it doesn't start. So you got to read yeah. really fast or get to. Oh, it's annoying. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. It's like. My worst nightmare. <laughs> and why? Well, and why, though? Thanks. It's not really a, a terrible well, let's, thing. Let's just do oh, this whole show in the My anxiety, like, <laughs> it's, it's too much for me. It's like an overload. I, I mean, why I'm, do I obsess with it? And, and it just, it's just like sensory overload, so I instantly am like, well, even though Amazon and Hulu have, like, shittier interfaces, I strictly go to them because they don't do that shit <laughs> yeah i hate uh, no, i'm the same way i hate it too i don't yeah I, don't, I guess i don't know why but, but yeah why why does it bother yeah. us so much i don't know all i want to do like, is don't read tell the me what to do and i don't read that fast so like <laughs> it's like god damn it but i don't know let's just make this whole episode about bitching about streaming services so on shutter <laughs> what shutter uh, do now <laughs> I don't. I don't like that it's got that that Shutter Live that plays automatically when you go into it. It, it feels like the no. same thing as Netflix That's for me. Super fucking annoying. I hate yeah. that too. Oh, well, see, I have Shutter through Amazon it. Prime, so it doesn't do that. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I can click past it, but before it even loads up, so I don't. Oh, I can't get it to do that. Uh, just push down. I but thought. If you, but if anyway. you 
scroll for too long, like if you're just searching for stuff, it will come back on its own. That's true. And I don't mean yeah. I don't mean if you've paused over something and have spent too long reading the episode description. I just mean if you spend more than five minutes looking through titles to decide what you want to watch, like mid click of your button, that fucking live thing will pop back up again. Huh. But at the same time, though, like I feel almost hypocritical of being like an like an old fogey get off my lawn of like. You know, you kids have no idea what it was like back in the day. You know, we had to make sure we got to the channel at the right time so we could see the movie from the beginning. You know, know, this day and age of just click and go whenever you want. And here I am bitching about like, oh, I'm jumping into the middle of a movie because I turned on a streaming service. You know, so. Yeah. Sometimes I'll have that moment when I click on Shutter and it's like, I'm just going to leave it here then. <laughs> I'm not totally annoyed by what's playing I, right now. I'll just watch the last half of it. I just miss rental stores. That's all I'm going to say. I just me too. Yeah. I miss the the, the going in there and just not knowing what you're going to find because the internet at the time wasn't there and it didn't tell you what was coming out. So you could be like, "Oh, sweet, there's a new Freddy movie." You know, that that experience was mm-hmm. something that nobody can understand now that did not enjoy it so i mean i feel pretty fortunate to have that especially like with circus video in burlington iowa here that was a great little place to go i just i just wonder if like if we had what we have now back then if like there'd be movies that would be lost time because you had nothing to go on when you're like you said you didn't have the research unless you you know bought every horror magazine off the shelf which i did but even still that doesn't give you enough information not like you could go to youtube and check out a clip before of the movie before watching it or whatever the case may be nine times out of ten you were a sucker by by what the box cover was on the video store shelf and so many happy discoveries of some amazing films that you probably would never have heard of if it wasn't for those video store shelves. So. Oh, I got confused running uh, the movie. I don't know if anyone remembers. Uh, it was with Donald Sutherland called Puppet Masters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, I meant to rent Puppet Master. And the whole movie, <laughs> I'm with Kept my waiting. mom waiting for these puppets to come out. And I'm like, this is like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, sort of. Like, what is... <laughs> Like, so that was a happy little mistake, but I enjoyed the movie nonetheless. I was going to say, you, you accidentally wound up with a better movie than yeah. Puppet Master, so... Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't have family videos over there, Burlington? We do. Oh. We do. It's not the, it's so not you don't the have to anymore, miss. Oh. I go there and buy stuff, but I never rent stuff anymore. <laughs> I buy used Blu-rays. Yeah. Well, again, it's not... They, it's not like they keep the movies on the shelves for years either, though. You know, when I would go into, when I when I would go into like Adventureland Video or Jack's Video, in my hometown growing up, you know, I knew I could rent every movie out of the horror movie shelf because it wasn't going anywhere. You know, pretty much Family Video just covers like the new releases and hot titles, and that's about it. They don't have cases the all faded. The plastic wrap is all yellowed and brittle and crinkly. <laughs> Five thousand. So what happens d- when your your entire store is made out of windows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, were we doing something? Yeah. 
<laughs> we were, we were uh, talking about uh, what we watched. Is is uh, I think that was just Brian that we just made it through, right? Yeah, yeah sorry one. about that. No, no, it wasn't you. Everybody else went off track. We got talking about uh, Amazon Hercules, and it went on a weird, oh, weird shit. track. Oops. Anyways, um, Blake, what did you watch? Uh, speaking of Donald Sutherland, I happened to catch. Uh, the 1999 amazing Jamie Lee Curtis film Virus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. nice. We, we, talked we about just that had that on the ago. podcast like a few months ago. Yeah. So good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, you know, it. Uh, I still enjoy it. It. It's. Uh, you know, it's not something that um, I'm going to sit there and be like, "You've got to see Virus." It's just flawless. But it still has some nice moments. It, it's nice watching Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean. Donald Sutherland's pretty much, you know, this drunk dude anyway half the time and trying to, uh, what is he, oh, God, it's it's so bad I'm tra- I'm starting to forget the movie. What was he, smuggling something on that ship that he didn't want them to know or something like that? The ship that they originally were on? He spent he his had, life savings. He had spent, like, yeah, his life savings dumped all into that cargo. And That's he didn't, right. And he didn't have enough money left over to insure it. So he was basically yeah. forcing his crew to risk their lives plowing through that hurricane to... That jerk. <laughs> but yeah, it was better than it thought it was. Yeah. Gonna, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, the, the effects are pretty. The effects were pretty awesome. awesome. Yeah. I'd say about fifty percent of what makes that movie great is those those oh, yeah. human hybrid robot hybrid things. And and like ninety yeah. percent practical effects too. That was still you know right on the cusp of CGI being too expensive and looking terrible. So yeah, they really built all those damn robots. Which I have some things well, to say about CGI when we get into the movies. Tonight, oh, so. <laughs> uh-huh. cool. yeah, I think I know which one that's going to be. I'm pretty <laughs> sure we all do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, what did you watch? Well, since this segment's going on long, I think I'll probably be able to uh, get it back on track by saying I didn't really watch oh my anything. Except for movies for the show, it's been a busy couple weeks. I will say, and I know it's not anywhere close to what this show's about, but I can't help it. I love it anyway. And I in in two settings, I marathon through season two of Glow. I I did it in two sessions also. <laughs> oh, how awesome is that show, man? Oh, I love it. Mark Maron's the fucking best. I know, best. right? And like, oh, that. Uh, I don't want to give anything away because I'm really trying to force this down Jason's throat that he has to watch uh, I it. Thought I I plan on it. Um, yeah, I, hear I that love a lot. Mark Marin. Um, but so I'll just say that for me, what what made the season for me was that scene in the movie theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fantastic. Oh yep. my god! Right? <laughs> it's like perfect out. for us little little geeks, horror geeks. So yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, and that's that's all I've really had time to watch. Well, Jason, oh. what did you watch? Well, Tina and I did finish watching Marin. That has nothing to do with the <laughs> show either. But I love that show too. I watched every episode as it aired. Yep. Oh, as it aired, nice. Yeah. I was happy to find it on Netflix, and we've been plowing through that, and finally finished it up this last weekend. But anyway, the I didn't love it. I fucking love it. That guy. Uh, uh, me and the boy, we went and saw Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom on Sunday. That was a lot of fun. That's pretty kick-ass. Here's the thing. I I didn't love it. 
Well, here I didn't either. <laughs> I I don't know if it's criticism or critique or whatever and like it's not that it's negative even, but like my only I guess negative talk about it is that both of these um, they're not remakes, but they're mm-hmm. but they're the same two movies, right? Yeah. I, I would basically feel the, like I was watching Lost World, uh, the Lost World movie again. I'm just like, well, and, and it's okay. not even that that's a bad thing or it's terrible. It's not yeah. bad. It's just it just happens to kind of be the same movies. It's it's interesting. I hear that a lot about. Uh, I feel that way too about literally the whole franchise. The only time I feel like that that franchise did anything new was the second movie when they brought the dinosaur to what was it, L.A. or whatever, which San Francisco. They, and and that movie gets tons of shit for that for that scene. Guess what they did in this one? So they Part brought two, the dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, so it's kind of they're kind of remakes, but they're not because they totally reference the original films, and so continuity wise, it's a sequel. It's still so all the same. It's just, but it's just weird. Like just how weird can they cannot come up with more story ideas about dinosaurs? They really aren't <laughs> doing they anything just, new. There was a unused John Sayles script back, I think it was actually for the third one, or maybe it wasn't original, intended to be the fourth one, and then it got scrapped because it was going to be too expensive, about somebody needing to go back to the island, and uh, evolution had gone wild, and oh. there were all these weird new hybrid dinosaurs just on their own, because some evil government agency had uh, gotten a hold of the stuff that Dennis Nedry stole, and was creating hybrid weapon dinosaurs, which is you know something that carried over into the new one, and uh, it, it teamed a human mercenary up with human dinosaur hybrid soldiers to yeah. stop the government. So it was basically going to be like the old cartoon Dino Saucers, if you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And then that never happened. You can still find concept artwork from uh, oh. from that scrapped yeah. project online, but yeah, that would have been fucking awesome. I've seen some of those concept. Some of that concept art, it would have been freaking cool. But I don't know, were they just too scared? And I think that was for the third one, because if I remember right, like the third one, they didn't even have a script by the time they started shooting. They didn't even have a complete script. It was a mess. It was a complete mess. Yeah. This one, yeah, I think it was just that they were too afraid to take that much of a chance and go that weird with it. Yeah. But, I mean, Colin Trevorrow, they need to get somebody else to write these things, because his characters are just fucking one-dimensional crap so but so yeah in in spite of the weird redo-ness of it it was still cool chris pratt's great and hilarious and the effects are amazing and the dinosaurs are awesome trampling on stuff those kids and you get a shitload of dinosaur action oh yeah i was talking with someone else today about it and i just totally never it never clicked on me that there's one character that's been in every jurassic park movie the T-Rex. Like, oh, it's yep. the same... I, I never processed in my brain that it's the same T-Rex this whole time. Oh, really? Like, I, he, I he never, never die, dies, never so... Huh. That's just neat to me. I, I don't know. I just never put it together. I thought that was pretty cool. I'll tell you one thing that's gotta go, and maybe just because, like, oh, I gosh. saw the stupid trailer too many times, <laughs> but the Jurassic Park theme's gotta go. That, that theme song's just pissing me off it's just huh. annoying me because it feels like John Williams with that. this last how dare you yeah with, with like this last trailer and it like dissolved when 
you know, all the dinosaurs are falling into the ocean and stuff, and then it dissolves to the title. And it's like almost like this distorted version of the main part of the theme, but they have to slow it down and make it louder as it's if as if part. the theme could be any bigger than it already is. I don't know. It just that that version of it that part of the in score, that trailer annoys me. That part of the score is not in the film because okay. I was listening for it because I do love this that part slowed in the down trailer. Epic version of yeah. the same epic song. Yeah, good. good. I like that. I actually felt the other way, and I thought, you know, it, I'm, and it's it's so um, typical to for like fanboys to bitch when they get too much of something or not enough of something. Uh-huh. But, Absolutely. Um, I did not really like the score on this one, and was, I was like, it was a little generic. Uh, yeah. As far as the vibe of Jurassic Park. Yeah, I mean, you, when you do a Jurassic Park movie, you basically use John Williams' score as like a skeleton and do uh, you know your own little uh-huh. cues in there and stuff. But keep it where what it is to me, anyways. And I thought the cue in the trailer was going to be more that way, more prominent. Yeah, yeah, because I liked that change that he did in the theater. I thought it was darker and more badass, but it didn't really come out in the. I just felt I don't know, I just felt like yeah. they they're taking an epic song and trying to make it even more epic by slowing it down and making it louder. So, well, John Williams is only getting older, so they're just slowing down his score. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing it as at his pace, and they're making it louder so he can still hear it. Yeah. He's like, ah, that's what? true. <laughs> and then I also watched Black Coat's Daughter and Unsane. I finally cut those two. I really liked them both a lot. Oh, Black Coat's Daughter's awesome. Goddamn, I love it. A twenty four is just killing it guys you have no idea on how how much of a boner jason has for this for this studio oh i've i've seen everything they've put out man like i yeah. i love them it's so cool it, to it could do no wrong to be a fanboy over a studio again it's like yeah been a while, that's right? pretty cool yeah i will say they're they're doing some pretty ridiculous pretentious bullshit like they they sold these sweatshirts that had uh-huh. the words a24 spelled out and they were like limited and super expensive i'm like uh-huh. i'm not dealing i'm not starting with this shit man yeah yeah <laughs> i saw that yeah anyway they just i think they did screen prints with just their want lo- logo on it and we're selling for like 60 bucks it's like nah no it's but yeah that it's hard to deny them i mean they, they won an oscar two years ago with moonlight you know that's awesome yeah, yeah. that's right yeah anyway that's what i watched excellent i guess that leaves me um and i won't talk too long about it because I, I didn't get a chance to listen to the one episode from last week because uh i was not on it so i have no reason to listen to it because it can't be any good <laughs> but um i imagine i imagine brian i think brian saw it um did anybody anybody else see hereditary and talk fuck, about it last week fuck mm-hmm. yes fuck yes. i don't I, know anything about it oh I won't talk too much about it because, like I said, you guys probably talked about it in length last week. But um, I loved it. It gave me feelings of terror. It made me uncomfortable. Um, It made a theater full of kids shut the fuck up, which is great. Uh Uh, They probably went home and fucking cried. Um, (laughs) Good. So I won't talk too much about that. But I'm going to do another plug for um, the Snake Alley Festival film. I saw 22 horror shorts including one that um, two people on this podcast made. <laughs> uh, so, Brian you know, Blake. even though the even though the uh, the film festival is over, I just uh, I just love the horror shorts there. So, um, 
And if you are wondering what we liked, you can watch our Patreon video that we uploaded this week where we discussed which shorts we liked. That's true. Um, but there's some fantastic new horror shorts. Uh, the winner was Hairwolf, which is a hilarious horror short. Yeah, that one was great. But yeah. I, won't, I won't spoil it because you need to go out to a festival near you and try to uh, catch it somewhere. But if you're into horror shorts, you got to check out Halloween of Palooza coming up soon, too. Right. So. Uh, yeah. so, yeah, that's what I watched. A bunch of horror shorts, Hereditary, and that's about it. Man, you guys went dark this year on Snake oh Alley. Oh, my gosh, right? Like, I felt like I was almost at, like, Troma Dance again, like, with just the... On uh, one hand, is it really him, or is it the people submitting... Is well, it, it's, it's the, the film. Films, it's right? obviously the films. Like, so we're obviously in some dark times, right, with some of those oh movies. Oh, my gosh. Like, sexually charged. Like, I, I said it in our Patreon video, and I'm going to say it again. It's, it's a weird world <laughs> when Prescribed Films has, like, the most family-friendly film in the entire festival. <laughs> I know it's the first year that you guys submitted something that didn't get into the adult block. Weird, but right? it's but it did get into a block that's probably slightly darker than the adult block. I thought so. Please, please tell me that you call the adult block trouser snake alley. No, that I can, I can uh, make that change. Yeah, I'm always open for suggestions. So, <laughs> I did, snake alley. the whole the whole thing the whole thing started because um, one year a sponsor sort of got upset because there was some male full frontal nudity after a film that had like kids in it or something <laughs> so i thought well just to be careful i'm going to put all these really extremely offensive movies in one block together so that i can warn people ahead of time and i did not mean it as an open invitation for the freaks to come out i meant it as a, i meant it as a warning like stay away not like hey get extra popcorn and you know bring your friends but that's what it turned out to yeah. and, uh, so that, that just means it's the fun part of the film. right yes. and yeah. now and now we're getting like that reputation because i think two years ago when i when i first did the adult block we had some really dark shit and now we're getting this like reputation where they're like oh they'll take you know the the really bizarre shit so i get stuff <laughs> about you know fucking aliens fucking dead people uh nope. tampon monsters all kinds of great shit so it, it uh, was a hell of a year and he, bring he, it bring it on man and he's not making shit up that nope. stuff all happened that all happened <laughs> in that two hour block it was amazing <laughs> awesome so yeah that's what i watched nice. i think that covers everybody everybody got their their turn right <laughs> yes yes Brian. All right. did. yes <laughs> Okay, so let's get into our topic this evening, part threes. Um, there is a ton of part threes out there. A lot of film franchises that make it all the way to What a great world that we live beyond. in, that there oh, yeah. are sequels. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? We love sequels. I'm a big person of, like, I love franchises and continuity and all that kind of stuff. So, But uh, we can't talk about them all, so we picked three films to talk about this evening. And... Um, Brian, why don't you start us off with one? All right. Well, I think you know which one I'm going to go with. Oh, yeah, I'm scrolling to it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jaws 3, motherfuckers. <laughs> I love this movie. But first, we'll talk a little bit about what it's about. So, talking about continuity, the Jaws series is very continuity-heavy. It's the same characters through the whole thing, always played by different actors, but... So Mike Brody is all grown up now, and he works at SeaWorld as a maintenance engineer. He's engaged to their uh, dolphin trainer and marine biologist, Dr. K. Morgan, and his little brother, Sean, who has never quite got over the uh, 
hydrophobia he developed after all the shark trauma back on Amity is coming to visit just as the park is about to open its newest and most elaborate attraction, a massive aquatic entertainment complex called the Undersea Kingdom. There must be something about having a critical mass of Brody DNA in one place that attracts monster <laughs> fish like Juggalos to Fago Pop. Oh. Because, no, because no sooner has Sean dropped off his suitcases at Mike's house and hooked up with a cute water skier than people start disappearing and a 10-foot great white shark is caught swimming around inside the park. Uh, they decide that they should keep this alive because nobody's ever got a great white in captivity before. This would just add to the media blitz for the undersea kingdom, right? But then it becomes apparent that Kay's new pet isn't the only Piscean party crasher about the place. In fact, that 10-footer that just went belly up in the kiddie pool was only a baby. A baby that was born inside the park to a prehistorically huge 35-foot-long monster that has taken up residence in one of the aeration ducts pumping oxygenated water through the undersea kingdom exhibits. And uh, don't start asking questions about how long this thing has been hanging out completely motionless inside the duct while its pup grew to be 10 feet long. Or why there's only one of the damn things when great whites give birth up to a dozen pups at a time. But, of course, having an obstruction that big in the pipe can't be good for the machinery, right? And sure enough, the pumps burn out, and when the Aww. ducts shut down for maintenance, the f- flow of oxygen uh, over the shark's gills gets cut off, and Mama decides it's time to come out and belly up to the all-you-can-eat people buffet. <laughs> good times. Yeah. I didn't know sharks could swim backwards, by the way. They have a they reverse. Can't. They can't. But uh, this one does. It has to get out of that pipe. Uh, among the many story elements that were changed or dropped as the script got fed through a wood chipper was that this shark <laughs> was supposed... Oh, yeah, there's a story behind this one. This shark is actually supposed to be the same one from Jaws 2. And originally the plan was to have its face all burned and scarred, fucked up with parts of its skull sticking out. Nice. That would have been awesome. But that yeah, that was just awesome. one of the many, many things that got dropped. Well, one of the writers on this, one of the original writers, was, was <laughs> Richard Matheson. When I saw Crazy, that, I was right? like, holy yeah. shit. Not much was left of <laughs> his stuff by the time... I would hope not. The movie went before the cameras, so... Yeah, I, hope, uh, I would hope not, because he's a good writer. This was originally supposed to be a spoof directed by Joe Dante, yep. produced by National Lampoon, and co-written by John Hughes, of all fucking people. But Steven Spielberg had a fit when they found out he was going to... You know, his masterpiece was going to get sent up as a comedy. And so the suit's backpedaled and said, no, no, keep working for us and making us bajillions of dollars, Mr. Spielberg. So they got Matheson to write a uh, treatment, which they then gave to Carl Gottlieb, one of the writers of the original, who wrote a script, which they then gave to a bunch of script doctors. Much must have called in some favors to the mafia to have their connection with this movie erased from human knowledge for all time, because there is no information about the, the pantheon of people who worked on this except for some dude called Michael Caine, who apparently didn't have enough Mafia connections to keep his additional dialogue credit from jumping out of the screen and coming right at you in 3D! (laughs) That uh, Joe Dante, that never-done Joe Dante parody film, was called Jaws 3, People Zero. Mm -hmm. And I've heard of this movie for years, and I've 
oh, I just, I want to travel to the parallel earth where that movie actually <laughs> got made. Because right. I want that. With the Dick Miller. Oh, yeah. You know, Dick Miller would be there somewhere. In the, in the mayor, uh, oh, God, I can't remember his name. He'd probably play the shark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's one of those moments in in Steven Spielberg history that kind of pisses me off about him, like threatening to leave Universal just because. And I'm like, does he feel better about himself because what we got instead was Jaws 3D? Yeah. Well, what damage would have been done? I by do because the... I love Jaws 3D. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but. Okay, we'll get in. We'll get into it then. Why do you love Jaws 3D so much? Oh, the when I was a kid, like one of the things that makes me love or that made me love horror movies originally was my parents would rent me Jaws movies. I suppose because they figured out oh, they're PG and it's fine, and they remembered seeing them when they were younger. And our video store never had Part Two, and Part Three didn't come out, or Part Four, excuse me, didn't come out till till quite a bit later. So. I just watched the first one and the third one over and over and over again. And my dad would sit behind me while we were watching them. And every time the shark would jump out, he'd grab me and go, ah, and scare the shit out of me. <laughs> you know, it just made me enjoy being scared of movies. But for the longest time, I would, the, these two movies would just be mixed together in my head. So one of the greatest movies ever made, right? And <laughs> this. But, and I think that is part of why I like, um, like, that I can really appreciate just shitty, sleazy, trashy movies today too. I can I can tell the quality apart now. When you're a kid, you don't you just assume a movie looks that way because it's on purpose, and the adults knew what they were doing, right? It's supposed yeah. to look like that. But you know, I couldn't tell the difference really in quality when I was little. So I, you know, watching trash alongside great cinema gave me an appreciation for both. And I mean, I've seen this movie. At least two dozen times, I bet. <laughs> and I'll probably watch it two dozen more. <laughs> I mean, all the lines, the, the weird effects, which I'll get into in a little bit. Um, oh, man. The, the, even the sound design. When the people are walking through that tunnel in the, in the part of the Undersea Kingdom exhibit that they actually have open, yeah. and the shark comes at them, like, just like the, the creaking of the tunnel, just the way it all sounds, it's like that's my... I can hear my childhood in those noises. It's awesome. So, does anyone else actually like this movie, or am I alone? <laughs> I, was, I was, I was more scared of the mascots than the shark. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth? That pink thing that was dancing in that uh, uh, what's her name? That was from Back to the Future. Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Yeah, That's enough that to make me like this movie. Stuff thing is scariest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed this movie. Uh, this was actually my first time viewing it. Actually, sweet, same. Yep. Yeah, really? I, I, I've huh. seen the second one because I think AMC used to show like the first two or stars in the last couple of years have been. They they'd show the third one, but I never catch it. And uh, I'd actually, I think I had seen just the beginning, and then later the um, scene with the water skiers, but. Um, yeah, I liked the the scene that you just mentioned where the shark sort of comes at them in the tunnels or w towards the end where it breaks through the glass. That that 
Have you guys seen that um, that toy that's like a balloon that's a shark that floats around? You know what I'm talking about? It's like oh, a remote yeah. control shark, a uh-huh. remote control shark that you fill with helium. That's exactly what that looked like to me. Stiff as hell. You know, like the tail's yes. not moving, mouth isn't yeah, moving. Yeah, it looks like a balloon just floating, and then it breaks glass that I didn't even know was there. It just sort of comes at you, you know. But I'm sure that's that's a. Uh, it's sort of a Friday the 13th 3D thing where some of the scenes just don't, they just look so bad when they're in 2D because they tried so hard to make them look cool in 3D. Well, that so, was in uh, my notes of like, people make fun of the 3D effects in Friday the 13th Part 3, but oh, man. this is way worse, man. Way worse. It was all like, it, it was all like South Park style cutout pictures uh, matted on <laughs> top just, of the frame. And they just lingered. Yeah. Ever. With no motion whatsoever. Even in the opening scene with that fish head, I'm like, I like, what the fuck's going wrong? I'm, oh yeah, it's 3D. <laughs> it like took two minutes of this fish head floating towards the camera slowly to remember that it was probably a 3D thing. Now, like probably watching in 3D might might be way better, it but it still would still feel like maybe oh, more reading oh. like a 3D comic book yeah. than anything else because those those 3D images just linger and they don't has, move. Has anyone seen it in 3D? Uh, no, and I would almost be afraid to. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Although this was um, the it, it made almost thirteen and a half million dollars in its first weekend, and it remained the strongest opening three D movie for twenty years yeah. until it was dethroned by one of the Spy Kids movies. Wow! So it was directed by one and done director Joe Alves, and he decided that getting in on that part three and three D. Uh, craze that happened in 83 would give him a better chance at the box office and it paid off but there's a reason the effects look weird uh, it's another part of this bizarre production it was the first movie shot using an Aeroflex AeroVision single camera 3D system because before that 3D movies were shot in stereo which mm-hmm. was a huge pain in the ass and it was really expensive because you had to get two cameras two cameras worth of film stock and then you had to keep them aligned, and if they weren't perfect, the images would make people's eyes freak out and cause severe headaches. But the AeroVision camera wasn't ready for you. Like, it was so new that they hadn't even finished making the damn thing by the time the shooting schedule was ready to go. So they started filming with an older StereoVision setup, which they used for a lot of the second unit shots anyway. And you can tell when you're watching the movie, even in parts that aren't effect stuff, like if it was just uh, some characters walking around that was a part of a second unit thing, parts of the movie look really blurry. Those were all done in a rush using the old stereo vision. I noticed noticed that and thought it was just like a transfer issue because like... I was watching, there's a scenes when they're in like a restaurant or something and it's just like, it looks grainy as hell compared to the rest of the movie. No, you're, that's, there's no print that doesn't have that problem just because it was shot quickly with a really complicated camera set up by people who might not even entirely have known what they were doing with it while they were waiting for this new fancy pants camera to come in. And as far as the effect shots go, uh, this was the first movie ever to have its effects composited with video editing gear instead of an old-fashioned film optical printer because the process was faster and the studio wanted to hurry up and get this thing out because they'd already been waiting for so long with the scrap Joe Dante plan and all that other stuff. Um, Of course, it didn't look nearly as good, especially when you're trying to match video footage with much higher resolution 35mm film. So in an 11th hour decision... 
the producers threw out almost all of the effects that they had finished on video as part of their normal schedule and redid as many as they could using a regular film optical printer anyway. But this meant that not only did they have to cut out a bunch of planned effect sequences, so you're actually going to get more of that ridiculous shark, mm. but they gave themselves nowhere near enough time to properly finish the ones that they kept. So that's why it all looks so weird and, and you know, poorly matted and crummy, because it, you know they, they had a, a whole movie's worth of effects that they threw away <laughs> and then tried to redo the rest of them in like a week, and it just, you know didn't work so good and this my friends is why you listen to our podcast because <laughs> i learn shit while i'm on the podcast and if you're listening you're learning shit too <laughs> yeah don't get me wrong i i enjoyed this movie too um yeah it's it's a lot it's a fun watch it's not a good movie but it's a it's a lot of fun oh it's one of those movies yeah i don't even know I don't even know if I'd say I love it ironically. It's just fun. It's just a fun mm-hmm. movie. I mean, Leah Thompson in a bikini is all I really need. Oh my gosh. But beyond that, <laughs> I hadn't seen this movie since I was when I when I was a kid and I had it in my brain all of these years that this movie took place in the future. What? Well, like obviously that the whole underwater th- Oh, Kingdom felt thing. like yeah, because they are going on and on and on about that through the whole movie about how it's state of the art and all this new stuff. So they do kind of make it sound like they're in the future, even though they're not. And then the, also the fact that it's the Brady Boys, or not not <laughs> Brady Boys, um, the Brody Boys all grown the up. Brody bunch. <laughs> <laughs> More singing. Yes, the youngest one is a shark with big teeth. Um, <laughs> The fact that they were all grown up, made, you know, those two things combined made me think forever that this movie took place in the future. So this whole time I'm waiting for some kind of reference that this is in some future time, time, but no. So. It does have one of my all-time favorite kills in the entire Jaws series, though. And that is, like, that one guy... Going into the shark's mouth. Wasn't that awesome? That was fucking awesome. Philip Fitzroy's. Yeah. Yeah. And the shots from such a great effect to build that whole big shark mouth and stick an actual actor in there and the crunching and they burst all those blood packets and it's clouding up through the water and that freaked me out so bad as a kid. Like I had so many nightmares about being eaten. Like, because you're in the fuck, the camera's in the shark's mouth. It's a <laughs> viewpoint kill from inside the shark. Yes. So cool. Definitely cool. in my notes, I thought it was cool as shit. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, how do you get past the teeth without getting. Whatever, it was cool. Because the shark is 35 <laughs> feet long, right. which is ridiculous. Well, so, I the, made the Meg, which comes out this summer, is not the first big studio Megalodon movie. Ha ha. Ha there's no such thing as a 35 foot long great white shark I just made the assumption that like he's in this the shark's in for him is in this little tiny space like I was surprised he got his jaw open to begin with (laughs) seriously so I'd assume he just kind of struggled in there a little bit but I I loved this this whole scene was was fucking cool yeah here's something about that (laughs) 
So oh. Philip Fitzroy is this <laughs> this uh, sport fisherman, great white hunter, played by awesome character. Simon McCorkendale. Who's yeah. Simon yeah. McCorkendale? He's Jason. the guy from Manimal. It's fucking awesome. God, I love Manimal. <laughs> anyway, any Manimal reference I can get in. Okay, I'm sorry. I he you. wasn't called in later after they found the shark. He's at SeaWorld anyway for the <laughs> opening of this oh, that's right. attraction, yeah. and he's just there as like a celebrity guest. Why the fuck does he have a suitcase full of grenades? Right? <laughs> and why doesn't he understand that it's all going to blow up if he takes one down there? <laughs> and well, he knew that after. Yeah, <laughs> like, I guess. But just what, what do you... Uh, a celebrity travels with grenades, yes. Mm. I do really like the sort of unspoken relationship between him and his man Friday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like... It's such a great testament to what you can get purely by, I mean, not by accident, because they meant to do it, but, like, you hire great character actors, and you just get stuff like that. I bet you anything, the director never said a word to those two. They just worked it out between themselves. That there's not even that much dialogue. They just have kind of this... Man love. Yeah, like, you know, giving each other looks and stuff. And, like, not in a... They're doing no, it no, 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 no way, but just like friends. you can see the respect that his assistant has for him and the loyalty that he has to his, but like they're just you know good friends who've worked together a lot, and yep. it's awesome. You also notice too, like this in this particular Jaws movie, and like and in most Jaws movie ripoffs, you there's usually an ant- a human antagonist. Um, you know, with the first one, you got the mayor. There, there really isn't in this one. Like, there's no asshole character that you just hate. Yeah, because you expect Calvin Bouchard to play that part. Right. Yeah, because of the accent. Played by the great Lou Gossett Jr. <laughs> yep. And and he starts to like you kind of go down that path. And yeah, then you by think the he's time, going that way. By the time they're in the restaurant, and he's like, "Fuck you!" There's no giant shark. Everything's fine. And then it shows up outside the window. He's like, "All right, screw it. You're right. We got to get out of here." Like he immediately. Sees the light, and I thought that was—I thought that was pretty cool. Like they just didn't continue on with that same old thing, you know. They—you got that character who you think's going to go down that road, and it, and he doesn't. So it's awesome. I'm not sure how I felt about Lou Gossett's performance. Well, you know, he won an Academy Award right before this. That must—that <laughs> that explains everything. I think I was about to say a little over the top. And you want a paycheck and a vacation to Florida in this one. <laughs> yep. A little over the top, but he also, for some reason, at certain points in the movie, reminded me of a mayor of a certain town. Oh, yeah. Good point. You think like, so? <laughs> yeah. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> like Burlington, Iowa? <laughs> Is that possible? <sighs> Maybe. Yeah, I was just... There's a little too token black guy in this movie. I don't know. You, oh, you think it was that? Well, he's the only black character in the movie, and then... Well, his like, what? His nephew is working for him in that space oh. station underground. <laughs> oh, yeah. That moment where he just calls him out, like, shut the fuck up, nephew, or whatever he said to him. Right. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of the movie, Blake? Well... I had a, a different experience just because, <laughs> I mean, it about the same as Tad, really, but I had never actually seen Jaws 2. 
Um, I don't know if I just missed it or I just never got around to it, or if I did see it, my memory got, you know, something else got put in and it, it forgot about it. But I would have preferred to see this in 3D just to get that um, enjoyment that it did offer that they wanted to do because you've got that environment where everything's 3D. And I get that's why they push the 3D effect, whether it was ready or not. Um, but uh, it, it, it was kind of a tough watch. But uh, I, I, I do enjoy Campy, but uh, I don't have any fond memories because, you know, I think that's a, a different thing. If you watched it when you were younger and you watched it now, you would have kind of this little, you know, this likeness to it. You know, it, it would be nice to kind of have that uh, for me watching this, but I saw it kind of fresh and I'm just like, what is this? You know, and when I think of 3D movies older 3D movies, I actually prefer the movie me and Tad watched was Creature of the Black Lagoon that they did in 3D. It was amazing. Hmm. So if if they can go back and do that in 3D and make it look that good, and we've got Jaws 3D, I know that the director, I believe, or the producer, somebody has been trying to do these private screenings recently of Jaws 3D. He's trying to keep really? it going. Huh. Yeah, awesome. I, I, was, I was looking that up the other day on it. So that would be kind of cool to actually go see this somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I would totally travel to see a roadshow version of Jaws 3D in, like, proper restored 3D. Because, like, last summer, uh, the kids and I went up to Minneapolis to see Garage House Pictures roadshow uh, only existing, super real, cleaned-up 3D print of Friday the 13th 3. And Ooh. it looked fucking phenomenal. So, yeah, I would love to see this one cleaned up. And Creature from the Black Lagoon wasn't a, uh, a redo, by the way. That was originally shot in 3D. Really? Okay. I, I, I wasn't sure if they did a scan of it or how that was done, because oh, it no. was part of that Universal's Blu-ray pack I got, and I was like, let's try this 3D out. And I was shocked. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it looked I, awesome. I want to buy a 3D TV just so I can use my 3D Blu-ray, because I have that set, too, and I've yep. still never seen it. I've seen it once in red and blue 3D, and that hurt. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if they, if they went back and restored the original 3D, I'm sure, especially the underwater stuff, looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Of course, back then, they, back then oh, they were using that stereo vision. Can you imagine trying to shoot that underwater shit with two giant cameras that probably oh, weigh 600 pounds apiece and keeping them lined up together? No way. Yeah, we, we uh, brought the set, or Blake had the set, and we were just checking stuff out on his projector, and he has this huge fucking screen in his basement and we watched that in 3d and it was just like we both instantly like stopped talking we're just like oh my god (laughs) this is gorgeous so like we just went to check it out and it's like you know ended up watching the whole thing in like silence just because we were like (laughs) freaking out you know it's good when i just shut the fuck up and watch something (laughs) wow (laughs) did you ever seen feature from the black lagoon before oh yeah oh okay yeah i watched all those with my dad uh which is I was surprised. He, he was into older stuff, and uh, he was a big AMC person, so the only things we ever did watch on TV was black and white stuff. But, like, The Mummy, The Invisible Man, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy that I at least got to enjoy those as a kid. You do have and a nostalgia factor now. for those. Yep. Yeah, so they're, they're there, which is good. So. Do you think Steven Spielberg spent no. a lot of his time in the late 70s, early 80s just pissed off all the time at every sequel and every ripoff? I could just imagine him be like, 
Great White? Damn it! <laughs> Jaws 2? Come on, Universal. You knew it was going to happen. You can't not copy those movies. It, I mean, it's and Universal wants to make money, so Steven Spielberg should have went with a really small company that went out of business or something if he was going <laughs> to try to stop anything from coming out further on. But it's it's a cult classic, so they're going to make as many as they can. And you know, I don't know. He's and Steven Spielberg. Imagine. He's got he's got money. He's happy. I think. <laughs> I would imagine he saw this and then the following year worked together with Joe Dante on Gremlins and realized what a great filmmaker Joe Dante was and he probably much of a mistake I should just yeah. let him make his damn should have just done it yep yeah I don't know I could just imagine him watching Jaws 3D and it'd be like this takes place this is dumb this takes place in the theme park where the animals attack and take over what a stupid idea wait a minute Let's do the same yeah. thing, but with dinosaurs. I think it's a great idea <laughs> and a great setting. For I mean, of course, make it in the theme park. That's awesome. And yeah, Jurassic Park is a million times better than this. But and that's like, <laughs> I I completely unironically love this movie, absolutely to death. But I understand that objectively, it isn't that good. Okay. All right, it, we can talk again. It is All right. <laughs> It's oh, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. You can talk. We again, can we can be I friends haven't. again, <laughs> since you admitted that it's probably not actually a good movie. Look, it's it's fun. It's good. It's it's good. It's a good movie, but it's not a good. Jaws 3D is a terrible sequel. It feels like an Italian Jaws ripoff that accidentally had the wrong title card put <laughs> on at the film lab. You're right, it does. But Jaws 3D is a great sequel because it overcame one of the weirdest developments in film history to become extremely entertaining in spite of itself. It does kind of have that Italian <laughs> Jaws ripper yeah, feel to it. I kind of like it, though. I mean, I, I thought that I, I thought that the SeaWorld setting was kind of cool. Yeah, it was very I, I thought very it cool added concept. a lot of production yeah. value to the film and so, itself, and I thought it was neat, even though it was weird. But it was neat. I liked it, and... I think I liked the scenes. I I remember enjoying the scenes, like with the brothers yeah. and the brothers and the girls fucking around on the beach. Yeah, that or, was that was a fun scene. Uh, like you, those, you got a real good chemistry. Yeah, a really good chemistry between totally. those four characters. Yeah, and seeing Dennis Quaid as an infant acting in a movie <laughs> that was really cool. So I liked all the scenes, but man, I just I, I, but the the effects were so. I liked some of the shark. I mean, it's. I liked when it was some the of the shark stuff for the wrong reasons. Yeah, <laughs> and but and then as a whole, probably not so good. But the scenes, I, well, had, you I guys, thought I liked them. Yeah. Do you guys think that maybe if they would have removed the 3D aspect and it wasn't really, you know, pressuring movies at that time to do 3D, if we would have gotten a better solid script with focusing more on characters and storyline than just these uh, special because you could get great effects by not having to worry about 3d especially you know in that error so i think we probably would have seen a better solid film if they would have stopped with all the emphasis on the 3d thing i thought they could have Maybe. simplified the script and, and it, you know it got so technical with all the undersea stuff and the plumbing of this facility and all these things, and and I, you know, I it could have been like a half an hour shorter, but, but uh, I don't know. 
We all agree, though, that final shot of the movie is the most amazing thing ever. The 17-minute take of the shark coming towards the glass? No, I'm talking about the very last frame of the movie where the two cardboard cutouts of the dolphins pop up out of the water (laughs) that are not even proportionally the right size compared to where they are at in the frame versus the actors. That's pretty cool. I enjoyed the stock footage of the the shark more than the actual (laughs) movie. I was like, wow. This shark has had his vitamin B12 or something, and he is he is going at a regular shark speed. And then you get these shots where he's just, I'm tired, and I just ate, so I'm going to go really slow. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I just... Was it, go ahead. I was just going to say, as shitty as the full-body shark puppet that they use <laughs> for, like, when it's coming at the command center at the end and all that looks, I, th- I think the, the big, like, the full-size half shark that they built for like when it's outside the window of the restaurant and that when you, or when it's eating Fitz rice, when it opens its mouth and they built it so that the gums and the jaws distended out like an actual great white does when it goes to bite like that, that looked pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's crazy. There's some actually really good, really cool shit in there. Yeah. Good shark effects, but a lot of really bad ones too. Just how inconsistent it is. I just feel bad for the editor. Like I'm just thinking of that first fight or that first shark scene when they got the two dolphins and they try to ride the dolphins away, and it's just like painful to try to build suspense with this shark that's not real or in the same thing chasing these two swimmers. Uh, it's trying to ride on the back of a dolphin to safety. And it's 17 minutes long, and it. I just felt bad for the editor. He probably was Ita- He was probably Italian too, because that's <laughs> you just described every Italian shark movie ripoff. Uh. <clears throat> well, you're, you're talking about when they're running away from the baby before they oh, find yeah, out yeah, that yeah. it's a big one, right? Yeah. yeah Did yeah, you yeah. notice when it's chasing them and they ride the dolphins away and they close that gate just in time? And the shark comes up by him and hits the it's gate. It. It, its head like fucking accordions yeah. in on itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> cut out of that quick yeah i wonder how many kids saw this and be like mom i really don't want to go to sea world this year like i'm just not <laughs> feeling it like i just i just don't think it's a good idea Whereas i'm sure I was their the, business the of that i was watching this going let's go to sea world <laughs> next summer can we go please they have a big shark you get there and you get there and it's like whoa the fins actually move on these animals. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> the dolphins are here. Well, at least that's true. <laughs> why, aren't there, why aren't there fuzzy mat lines around them, Mom? What's going on? <laughs> oh, good stuff. See, you can tell this movie's a lot of fun. Just how much, well, one, how, much, how long we're spending on it, and two, like, <laughs> how, how much fun we're having ripping on it. So. so, but, yeah, we should probably move on. Unless anybody else has any last things they want to add about Jaws 3D. Nope. No. Alright. Nope. Nope. Alright, Tad, what's the next one we should talk about? Oh, I guess I'll go with the other one I I, uh, enjoy, which is Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Yeah! And this one... (laughs) This one is a uh, very simple movie. It um, starts off not very unlike part two where these uh there's a couple but the, instead of two guys it's a guy and a girl they're on a uh, road trip and you sort of sense that they are um not sense they actually spell it out per- for you that they're in sort of a weird strained relationship and they're uh of course traveling across texas and 
they stumble upon a gas station with a real fucking creepy guy that uh, Tom is Everett. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's fucking weird. And I've I've seen this movie a dozen times and never realized it was him yeah. until like I was reading IMDb. Yeah, and, and you know he uh, it gets weird. There's a there's a sort of hero cowboy that tries to step in, and um, he leads him astray. And then Ken Forey is a survivalist they run into in the woods, who's you know trying to help him out. And uh, so it's like this the 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 one thing he gives them some uh, medicine medication to calm them down, which is a horrible <laughs> idea. Right, and. Uh, but it ends up being basically Leatherface versus Ken Forey, which is a badass battle. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, Leatherface is big and monstrous in this movie. It's not... It has some humor. It's not... It, it's, it falls somewhere between the first and second movie as far as... Um, the second movie's pretty much a black comedy. The first movie's dead serious. This one falls somewhere in between the two. Uh, it's it's much more brutal. It has, has some very serious stuff, but... The, the, he, he plays with some kids' toys and stuff that makes some very funny scenes. Uh, but I, I will say for this movie, um, this was like one of the... I went through this thing where when I sort of discovered horror and just was buying anything and everything I could on DVD, I picked this up, and this was a uh, pleasant surprise for me after seeing... Because I actually saw this, I think, after The Next Generation. Oh, my. And... Uh, yeah, so this this one you know was fantastic. <laughs> I'm so but, sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I actually really do enjoy this movie. There's some really cool, awesome, brutal scenes in this. Some some good humor, and it has the coolest fucking trailer of all time. So yes. So yeah. Um, <laughs> what did you guys? What do you guys think? Uh, let's open the gates for uh, Texas Chainsaw Three. Well, I too Not everyone at once. <laughs> I I too love this mo- I too love this movie. Um I got to see it when it came out in theaters when I was in high school. I remember I can and I vividly remember this day too. It's so weird. Um because earlier that day we were so pumped to see this movie that we made our own Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie um in my house in my parents' house. They were gone for the weekend. What was it called? Uh Night of the Flesh Eating Screaming Chainsaw Happy Nuts. Uh-huh. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> classic, classic. And um, well, you should hear the sequel's title. Sequel's title is Night of the Flesh Eating Screaming Chainsaw Happy Nuts that eat human meat that get stuck in their teeth so they have to floss. Oh crap. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to see that film though. I do. <laughs> you do. It's good. So, so we make going. this we make this movie. I'm Leatherface in it, right? And I my Leatherface mask is a is I took a a grocery bag, a pl- a paper grocery bag back when they still did paper bags at the grocery stores, crumpled it up like a thousand times, you know, put latex over top of it, and then glued the whole thing to my face. So I was more of paper bag face than I was leather face, but it worked considering it was shot on video and you can't make anything out anyway. Yep. And and. Uh, for the scenes when I'm running through my parents' house with a real running chainsaw, um, <laughs> we used an electric chainsaw so you could see the extension cord uh, trailing behind me in those scenes. Um, so the electric chainsaw didn't fill the house up with smoke like the real one. We learned that really quick. Um, <laughs> so I got when my parents finally saw that movie two or three years later, I got in like big, huge trouble. But anyway... Uh, I'm really uh, getting off uh, track here. So and so later that so we made the movie and then later that night we were all going to meet up again and go see 
Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. It was playing in our local theater, so... And it was, and it was just awesome. So there's, there's probably a lot of nostalgia with this movie, um, but it's directed by Jeff Burr. Jeff and Burr. I'm a fan of of the of the movies he's done. Um, you know, this movie had such an influence on us back in high school. Like uh, we used to sing, we used to go around, um, our, um, go around and sing that song that Alfredo sings uh, in the woods when he's dumping the body parts. Goddamn, How's it go? goddamn motherfuckers! Don't tell me what I should do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he obviously was a standout character for us back yeah. then. He was kind of the, uh, you know, kind of the comic relief of the movie because, like, when Ken Forey approaches him, and it still makes me laugh to this day. When Carrie, Ken Forey approaches him, and he's like, "Do I know you?" <laughs> it just cracks me up every time. So. Anyway, Can you just but, do the rest of the podcast in his voice, please? <laughs> this movie also has Bill Butler in it. Um, yeah, so uh, Bill Butler, um, who I'm also a fan of, and he was like a huge kill fodder for 80s horror movies. Um, he's probably the only guy who's ever faced off against um, Freddy, Jason, and Leatherface. He was in Friday the 13th Part 7, A New Blood. Uh, he was in an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. Uh, he was in Ghoulies 2. Uh, and he ginger uh, dead man. <laughs> oh yeah, and and uh, he was also in the Tom Savini 1990 uh, remake of Night of Living Dead. Um, and he's kind of a whiny little bitch in this. In most of his yeah, performances, yeah. But he is a straight up dick in this movie. I guess. Oh yeah. That's the one thing that it did really, I guess, dawn on me till this last viewing is like, he's just an asshole. <laughs> he is an asshole through this whole movie. So. Um, but yeah, and I think it's like one of the, uh, I wouldn't say it's one of the bloodier movies, but I think it's one of the grosser movies yep. of the series. When they're in that, when the um, the medical people are in that pit. Oh, fuck. And just digging through the mud, and you don't know what's mud and what is decayed human remains. Yeah. Like, oh, it, and you just hear the squishing. K and B, man. Yeah, that's right. K and B. But, but uh, it's a lot of just, like, wet, gross, yeah, visceral gross. stuff throughout this whole movie. Um, you know, and this is when the series went over to New Line. Mm-hmm. And you could tell it's a New Line movie by the opening montage credit sequence. Because it's just like in it's, I wrote that in my movies. notes. It's exactly like Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes! <laughs> exactly. The way it cuts between the title cards and back with the... Oh just my. extreme close-ups of the environment. Yep. And then close-up shots of Leatherface stitching the, the chunks of flesh together. Yep. Oh, exact ripoff. <laughs> it must be a New Line movie. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I just, I love everything about this movie. And I just remember at the time, um, like, it was heavily edited. This was at the heyday of MPAA, just, like, cracking down on every horror movie that would come out. So it got cut to shit. And I remember when I was in college, um... In the heat of my bootlegging video days, um, I got my hands on a copy of the movie with the like unfinished scenes spliced back nice. into it, and yeah, it, it's just a lot more gore in in those in those scenes, which I believe is in the unrated version of the DVD too. So now they're like you know, finished, in, yep. and mm-hmm. and they look as well as the rest of the picture. Um, Half of this boot bootleg VHS you can barely see because it's dark and looks like third or fourth generation, and those shots are not fully processed anyway. So, um, 
and it had like a different ending. They changed the ending for the theatrical release. Um, yeah. Uh, and also, it's it does have one of the greatest movie trailers of all time. That teaser trailer <laughs> really with does. the Excalibur so chainsaw rising. As great as that was, are you disappointed? Were you disappointed when you watched it the first time and it wasn't part of the movie, or did you know? I don't. Did I you just know. I honestly don't remember the trailer from back then. Uh-huh. So and 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 most of my experience probably with that movie leading up to the release was again reading Fangoria and Gorezone magazine and all the coverage they did on it, and the fact that you know K and B did the effects and yep. like. But did you know Kane Hodder stunt. Um, was yeah. the stunt? I yeah, saw was, that. Yeah. But he also played Leatherface in that Excalibur trailer. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. He's gotten to play both Leatherface and Jason. So, and a, he played uh, Jason in that other fantastic short, uh, or the other trailer for Manhattan, which is awesome. Uh, do you remember that sort of teaser trailer where they slowly zoom in on Jason oh, along, yeah. yeah, in New York, and it's playing some uh, like Broadway music. It's uh, New York, New York. Yeah. 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 It's fantastic. I love that trailer, too. That is a great trailer. Um, we don't get stuff like that anymore. No. And then the last thing I'll say, and then I'll shut up and let somebody else talk, yeah. is that, like, I, our buddy Justin always talked about how, like, the original movie was, like, the hippie movie and 60s-style music, whatever. Um, you know, the yuppie, part two was the yuppie movement with, like, more punk music and um, new wave music. And part three is full fucking heavy metal. Yeah, it's the heavy metal movie. It's the heavy metal movie. Well, first of all, like, the look of Leatherface in this movie looks like he just came out of the mosh pit. (laughs) And then then two, like, the soundtrack. I freaking love the soundtrack. You need to get the soundtrack for me. Oh, I I need it! If I don't have it, I need it. Because I love (coughs) watching it again. I was just, like, singing along with the songs while the movie was playing. I remember all those songs. Um, back when I had that on cassette tape, that soundtrack. You know. He's had his devil horns up this whole time, guys. Devil horns. <laughs> it's just great because you don't get you don't get a lot of movies at all that is like it's this where the soundtrack is like almost a hundred percent thrash uh-huh. metal, not just like heavy metal, but thrash metal. You know, which is like my favorite genre of heavy metal. Eighties so, goodness. Yeah. So yeah. So that's that's my opinion. <laughs> Someone else can go. Uh, well, if you um, love thrash metal, you need to ahead. listen to a band called Gamma Bomb. Gamma Bomb? You'd get a kick, yeah, you'd get a kick out of them. You Turn it down. down. What were you going to say, Blake? Oh, I was, uh, I was just going to say uh, that I enjoyed it for, you know, I, <clears throat> I had seen it a couple times before, but it, it had been a while. I, uh, I still obviously prefer like part two over this just because it's just goofy and it's fun and you've got you know a better cast i think from my opinion but um i still had a the mask man i i can't get over that mask i i just going from the first texas mask and how well it was done and you look at these others and you're just like what happened like i get it but good gosh it, it just looks nothing like it and <laughs> but it was a fun movie the characters were great and uh was this vigo's first film am i he's probably done other ones before this though i think 
One of. Well, it's one of his early ones, for sure. And I'm with you, too. I, I think I, I've always been a huge fan of Part 2, and it's it's still probably my favorite of all the sequels. So, as much It's as my I, favorite of the whole series. I love the second one. As much as I'm gushing about this movie, Part 2 is still... Well, one, it's like one of the few movies in this franchise that actually tries to hold on to any sense of continuity, because it's the original family. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a lot of subtle, I think, subtle nods to the original movie in part two that adds to that continuity. And like, I, I think the effects are way better in part two. I like the humor in part two. Oh, yeah. Um, and like, as much as I agree that uh, the mask in part one is the best mask, I still like part two's mask a lot. It may be over-designed, a little bit too, too over-designed, but... I like the idea of, like, he has somebody's nose on the side of his face, that kind of stuff, so. It was definitely better than the uh, third one. Yeah, the part two mask is, it's a fun, it's just, yeah, I, I do agree. It does, it's not, it's not part one, but it's definitely better than the part three, but. I don't know, I thought it fit. I, I, I love part three a lot, too, and I, I, I feel like his hair makes the way it's super kind of mullety, I guess, yeah. kind of makes it adds to that heavy metal. Adds to the heavy metalness. <laughs> of it. Yeah, each each mask fits the movie's sort of feel perfectly because yeah. the first one's gritty and terrifying and surreal and like you know very realistic. The second one's almost goofy and he's almost like a comic character where he has That's like true. the bright 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 red tie and the ill-fitting suit with the almost funny mask with the nose on the side and the curly fro. And then the third movie, he's just like this filthy, big, sweaty, heavy yeah. metal uh, thrasher, like you know, beast, beastly Leatherface. So I, I mean, I get what Blake's saying, especially like when NECA made this new action figure. It just it is hard to translate to action figure because it looks like what you described. It looks like they took a paper bag and crumbled it up and put it on his face. He just looks like a a pile of mush. But I mean. If if there's any series that should be able to get away with um, switching up the mask every time, it's this one because yeah. he's wearing for people's faces and the skin would eventually rot. So you'd have to come up with new ones. You know, there's that there's no good, good excuse. Yeah, that's for, true. There's no good excuse for for Michael having to continually get a new um, Captain Kirk mask. But um, <laughs> yeah. Leatherface wore three different masks in the first movie, so you know what I mean. Yep. It's uh, it's it's yeah, understandable that, that he's going to look slightly different through each movie. I mean, it is weird that he sort of uh, he has like a style consultant where he's like, well, <laughs> you know, I'm going to grow grow this mullet so I can you know you know fit uh, in at the, the metal show, and uh, he, he looks more like he would drive a Camaro in this movie. But oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to see I want to see a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that is mostly with the pretty lady mask. I don't know if it's just me, but I that end scene of the first film oh, seems yeah. more terrifying. It's terrifying. That yeah. mask yeah, is crazy creepy. Because yeah. that one and looks like it's it literally it, that one looks like it's literally just freshly pulled off somebody's face. That's what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah. yeah. But uh, and well, well, this is why I like part three though, is because in my head, I mean, I long for continuity, and and the series doesn't have it, but no. but. I feel like Leatherface kind of does because he he seems three movies older, and that's why I feel the hair is longer. I feel like the mask is worn, 
I love his look a lot in three. It's so much uh, brown and dirty, and his leg brace and he's, references yes. the first and one. That references the first. Oh movie. yeah, that's and right. I just I love his look so much in part three. And he's slower in he's this. He's slower, one. bigger, he's not sweatier, as, as so jumping around as he was. Right. He's a lot more menacing, I feel, in I the third too. one. He's, he feels bigger. He's, he feels and bigger and more, more stalking and like. Um, as opposed to just waving the chainsaw around and doing, you know, guttural screams and stuff. Yeah, so that, this version of Leatherface I love a lot. Just, yeah, like I said, all those browns and all that old, sweaty, worn down guy. And then coupled with the fucking coolest chainsaw ever made yes. on the planet. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus Christ, freaking it's amazing. Six feet long blade. What the fucking... The like spiky claws, yeah, the little down claws the front, the and then the Sauce family. Oh my! With the Which gold. again? Oh, there's fuck. your connection to part two, the Sauce family. It's, yeah, engraved on the blade. I, I love that saw. Like we've joked for a hundred years now that we need a replica of this saw for our mantle well, over you the may fireplace. Have been joking, but I wasn't. I mean, we seriously <laughs> looked at replicas to get to put on the mantle of our fireplace here, but. It's my God favorite damn. chainsaw of the series. Yeah, and, and so I, I is the, makes me love this this chainsaw part three a lot. Is the young girl in the film? I know that she was in uh, was it part seven of Friday the Thirteenth. She played yeah, the she, young version of the psychic. Yeah, played Tina. young young Tina in in part. Seven. But it makes reference, I think, in the credits that he that she is Leatherface's daughter or something like that. Well, they kind of say it in the movie too, where. Yeah, you know they're talking about how Leatherface makes good babies or whatever, and I think she even calls him dad or something like that at one point in the movie. Does she? Okay, Um, something like that, you know. And you know, they're always talking about how Leatherface loves them lady parts. That's probably one of my another one of my favorite lines. Yeah, yeah, and I think this last viewing, I realized the little girl character probably would have been a lot better if she didn't talk. Or if she wasn't there. Yeah. The or she days. wasn't there. She. I don't mind the character oh, the little, being oh, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the character being there, but she is the one that's got all the fucking shitty-ass, jokey, jokey 80s yep. horror movie one-liners. Yep. And they don't even make any sense. Yakety-yak, don't talk back. What the hell does that even mean? <laughs> well, there was a song. No, I get that that's oh, a song. Okay. <laughs> I get the reference. How does that statement make any sense in... The events of the movie. Well, she's insane. So, what are you gonna do? Yeah, come on. <laughs> There's the excuse. <laughs> well, speaking of chainsaws, uh, do you guys follow Sean Clark on like Facebook or Instagram? You know who I'm talking about from Horrors Hollowed Grounds. Yeah. Uh-huh. He bought the um, stunt chainsaw from Part Two, and he just has it in like his living room. Nice. What a jerk. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. Sometimes you just look at a shit and you're like, God damn it. But anyways, uh, yeah. That, he, that chainsaw. he has all the Halloween masks, and that's why you say God damn it. Oh, no, no. no. I'm, I actually, I don't know. He has a lot of haters, but I like Sean. I, I think, do, too. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, if, if I have any hate for him, it's because I'm absolutely jealous of his life. So Yeah, exactly, yeah. and I think that's where all the hate comes from. I yeah. don't know why. I any, it's not the There's hair. That, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, maybe it's it might be bit, the hair. A a slightly... But, uh, he slightly has like the little boy syndrome where he just won't fucking grow up. But I probably would dress however the fuck I want if I was him too. So I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No hate. No, no. Uh-uh. 
So, Brian, you haven't had a chance to oh, shit. jump in. So. No, no, oh, shit. Oh, like shit, here we go. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I, I thought we lost Brian. <laughs> I know. <laughs> spoken up. No, that, well, I talked a lot during Jaws 3. And, You're catch, uh, catching your breath. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, I, I like this movie a lot. I, I mean, I, I expected everyone else here to like it. But oh. overall, this seems to have a lot of detractors, and I never quite understood why, other than maybe yeah. because, yeah. you know, the second one obviously has the continuity to the first, and then this one, for some reason, because I remember the first time I ever saw this was in high school, um, Matt Foy, who's been on the show before, yeah. a good friend of mine, he had a copy, and, and I'd never even seen the original at that point. I, it took me a long fucking time to get around to seeing Texas Chainsaw. And he's like, okay, come over and we'll watch the, the third one. I've got that. And I don't know if this was something that he had read into it and explained to me what was going on or if somehow, anyway, somehow I got into my head that Leatherface had just gone to, like, visit other relatives. Huh. <laughs> this, this was, like, some other, like, the Sawyer cousins or something. Well, I think and, I had... And not just a complete, like, oh, here's another alternate universe. Yeah thing <laughs> i think i had that in my head too back in the day because i didn't want to accept the fact that they threw out continuity yeah you know but uh the grandpa space shows facts, up and well and that's the thing there's there's three moments in the movie that i feel nowadays is more of a nod than an actual continuity tie-in but you got right. the sauce family you've got um uh what was the other thing oh the leg brace and then um the fact that grandpa's there and grandpa looks like other than the fact that he's missing his nose um looks the same as he did in part one and two yeah and and now i assume that's just because they expect you need to have grandpa and leatherface those are like the two and then like some other crazy rednecks but those are interchangeable and that's why we get tom everett who fucking owns this movie he is <laughs> by a mile my favorite character in this movie just, absolutely um and that that trailer and you were talking about jason earlier you asked mike if he was disappointed and i i guess it never occurred to me that anyone would have seen that as anything but a <laughs> teaser and now i wonder if there's like a little corner out there of the internet of like angry Texas right. Chainsaw nerds who, when they were younger, thought they were going to go see Leatherface in the quest for the Holy Grail and were like really fucking mad that it wasn't uh -huh. like how horror Arthur and legend. How pissed off would everybody be if it was explained in this movie that Leatherface gets his chainsaw from a magic witch that lives <laughs> in the bottom of the lake? <laughs> <laughs> what a twist on this series! <laughs> But, I kind of uh, want to see that, though, now that I say it out loud. Right? I know, I do. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you said how mad would people be. I wouldn't. <laughs> like, oh, that's that's great. But I, I like it when people shake up a franchise, though, like when they get outside the normal continuity box. Except for Texas Chainsaw Next Generation. That's fucking garbage. A little but, too far? Yeah. <laughs> a little too dumb. Remote control robot um, leg. That's all I got to say. Yeah. But don't so, you guys all like Texas Chainsaw 3D? Fuck yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Fuck it's yes. It's that, super fun. That continuity, holy fuck. Anyways, go on. <laughs> um, Ken Forey's great in this, obviously. Yeah. And not not because of this, but uh, Kate Hodge was one of my first uh, 
film crushes, celebrity crush, whatever. I guess I don't know if she'd be a celebrity. <laughs> she was in like four things, but um, not because of this, but because she was in a TV series called She Wolf of London, where she was a werewolf. Oh wow! And it was like this weird, uh, short-lived British. I think it lasted for like a season and a half, and it was syndicated to the Sci-Fi Channel. And my parents got satellite dish when I was a kid. So it was like one of the first things I saw when we fired up the dish. Like, oh, it's, it's back when Sci-Fi Channel used to be cool. Um, they ran the shit out of this weird werewolf show. So I, yeah, I thought she was pretty keen. Um, but the script is good. Like, I like the story. And uh, it was written by David J. Scow, who's a big horror, yep. sci-fi, nerd, luminary kind of dude. I really like him. Fan of his work. So, yeah, I, I like this movie a lot. And like Mike said, it's got metal in it fucking right yeah <laughs> oh jason's scrolling through the pics uh, and i forgot about the forgot about leatherface's truck how cool is that that the truck has its own leatherface right it's freaking <laughs> awesome like a whole sheet of human flesh that covers the front hood of the truck it's awesome wow, this movie's awesome yeah and you get a lot of like i mean you get that in all of them where you you see some of leatherface's human side but when um, his brother wrecks his tape, like, yeah. he's so genuinely sad. And you feel like he's a psychotic killer who's tortured God knows how many people to death. But you just want to kind of give him a hug. Well, it's, it's an interesting <laughs> scene because I think it shows, it shows two, two sides of Leatherface in the one scene. It's like, obviously this is a huge beast of a man who you should never fuck with oh, yeah. because when tech throws the walkman into the uh into the oven leatherface just choke grabs him and forces his forces his brother's hand into the freaking open flame to pull the <laughs> uh, to pull the walkman back out but then feels bad about what he's done and crawls to his mother's knees and whimpers like a small child so yeah. i think that that scene there just cap is like everything about Leatherface. It, I sort of laughed at that because it made me think of me and my brother growing up. Like that's <laughs> not not to that extreme, obviously, but oh, like okay. I, we would do shit, and then it would be like, he, you know, he would I would do something and instantly regret it, and he would, uh, uh, you know, force me to uh, pay for that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm calling my brother Leatherface in this situation. Ah. I thought this movie has a, a a really cool, I think, iconic scene that I still don't know how it works. And maybe Brian, you're a science guy, you can help oh. explain this. But the scene with the chainsaw running in the water—how fucking cool is the scene, right? <laughs> but, but how does that how does that work? It doesn't. Okay, I'll just <laughs> check. How many horror films that we've seen now where a, uh, a chainsaw has been dropped or whatever yeah, and it, it continues to run? No, yeah. that's not how chainsaws work. This is a no, new special built chainsaw. We don't know the... That will continue to run and be waterproof. We don't know. And well, float, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's still got to have an air intake, which means it would be intaking water and not... Yeah. Cool also, scene, though, like, right? <laughs> you were talking about Leatherface looks like he'd be driving a Camaro. I'm pretty sure they just took the Camaro engine and put it on that fucking chainsaw. <laughs> That's possible. That is the Camaro that, of chainsaws, yes. It's got to have like a 250 horsepower engine on that goddamn thing. Unless those, cha unless the teeth were like every one of them razor sharp, if you drop that onto anything, 
it would just catapult you across the yard. <laughs> like you couldn't cut anything with that saw. It's too too powerful. It's like uh, Tim Taylor watched that movie and got a boner. <laughs> Jesus. Honey, I supercharged the chainsaw. <laughs> That's the Benford uh, Sawyer. <laughs> Benford Sawyer. Oh my gosh. How Leatherface has never been on Tool Time. That mashup. Oh. And now time. I want to edit something together now. Yeah. <laughs> Benford Sawyer 3000. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to look it back up on how it's. Said on IMDb how how heavy that chainsaw actually was. Oh, while you're doing that, I saw that uh, apparently Benny was killed off in the original script, and that uh, they happened to like, apparently a, he was a bigger than they thought he was going to be, and they kept him alive through cuts, and they wanted to have a sequel with him in it, but it just never happened, obviously. But mm-hmm. I thought that was an intriguing little tidbit I just read. Huh. I'm so glad to hear that everybody... Oh, 80 pounds. That chainsaw weighed 80 freaking pounds. Oh, not that's disappointing, because I thought it was going to be more than that. <laughs> now, now I'm underwhelmed, stupid, oh. wimpy, giant chainsaw. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm glad to know that everybody on the show likes this movie and also does not like Next Generation, because I was listening to this podcast that I will not name, <laughs> that, rev- that the... They will review a franchise, but they'll do one movie per episode. And when they did the Texas Chainsaw franchise, they decided that Next Generation was the best movie out of all of them after what? the first movie. How is that possible? How? I know, right? I know. I, I, they just want other podcasts to talk about that's them. Exactly, so they're like, that's yeah. why you're not naming it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good point. I remember there was so much hype surrounding that movie when it was being made, how it was going to be so fucking brutal. And, like, even I remember Joe Bob Briggs, like, when he, on his blog or his website or whatever, because, you know, he'd do a lot of reviews and stuff, but he also did some news reporting on, like, upcoming movies. And he was following that really closely, obviously, because, you know, being a Texan and everything. And, you know, he, he got in on the hype, and everyone was just like, and then it came out, and I saw it. Fuck is this garbage? And it's this insane. Terrible. It's insane to think that it's directed by the original writer of the first movie. Like, yeah. did you not know what you wrote? Because th- there's nothing Texas Chainsaw about this mo- about that movie whatsoever. I, I but in my heart, I feel like if someone could uh, honestly and legitimately explain the ending to me, that I would give it another chance. Yeah. Well, what, I'm with, with, you the cro- with the airplane crop duster? What do you mean? Or the fact that it was the a whole, whole government conspiracy thing? The government uh, and the tattooed scarification chest, black car. Oh, I forgot about that. All that. The ending yeah, of the... Yeah. Some kind of fear experiment or some stupid goddamn thing. Yeah, if, like, you, could, yeah. if you could convince me that what the ending of that means, I think I'd watch it again. But I don't... I don't think... No... So you're not going to buy the uh, Screen Factory Blu-ray? No, they're going to lose money on that one. <laughs> <That's all laughs> yeah, they are. I couldn't believe they... Oh. Th- that I movie... feel that like, some producer cut like two sentences out of that final yeah. scene that if they were just put back in, you'd be like, oh, that's what 
and it would still be fucking dumb. It would be. But at least it would make sense. There's Some just, sort of sense. I, there's got to be, like, a two-second piece of exposition that makes that all make some kind of sense. Has to. Because it doesn't right now. <laughs> I have a feeling editing on that movie was a rush job as it is, because there's day-for-night continuity errors all over the first act of that movie. And I don't know if I remember caring even all that much about that. I don't know that I hated the movie as much as everyone did as a whole. But, like, it's all about the ending for me. I just yeah. was so fucking gotcha. pissed off at the dismount of that movie. I don't know. That, that movie it's is... so shitty. That movie is the Batman and Robin of, uh, of horror <laughs> yeah. movie franchises. Cause it, well, then I'm trying to bury it. And, and it, Well, yeah, there's that. But it killed the franchise until yeah. Platinum Dunes decided to do the remake. How many yeah. how many decades later, you know? Yeah. And um but speaking of uh bad editing, there's one moment in Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, Leatherface. Uh oh. I said it backwards. But uh <laughs> that has always bothered me in the editing. It's the scene where um Tex is uh fighting it out with uh, Ken Forey alongside the truck. Now it's also I think one of the funniest lines of the whole movie and which is awesome because it's the it, it just in one in in two words or three words they explain the whole motivation of the family. And he's like Ken Forey's like, "Why are you doing this?" And and Tex is like, "We were hungry." <laughs> <laughs> and then but then he says, "I like liver and onions <clears throat> and pain." And when he says "and pain," they loop that three times from three different camera angles as if it was an explosion that they had to capture with three cameras. <laughs> oh. And that and that, and that always bothered me and never made any sense to me. Why they loop that shot. The part with that scene that bothered me was I can't believe that he uh, ran over Benny with the truck and then forgot he was under the truck. <laughs> and then ran <laughs> off. Like, what? It's going for I, the girl. Anyway, sorry. Did you guys see the camera crew reflecting the grill of the car? Where, uh... <gasps> It's, uh, what is it, Michelle and, yeah, Michelle and Tex are at the gas station, and they're standing in front of the car talking, and you can see the uh, reflection of the crew on the grill of the car. That's <laughs> awesome. Now i got to watch it again. Okay. I yep. just, I remember the first time I saw this, I laughed my ass off at the scene where he's, like, playing with that little uh, kid's toy, like the spelling thing, and he's putting in food. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so goddamn a, funny. That is a great yeah. scene, yeah. And he won't give Did up on it either. He's spelling food. <laughs> Did anyone bring up how Leatherface is intelligent enough to use a computer? <laughs> like it was, it was just, just a speaking spell or whatever. Yeah, it's true. I guess I'll give him that. Uh, I, just, I remember okay. I had one of those as a kid, so it just cracked me up. Yeah. I, I got the feeling that that was like that scene sort of evoked for me the same feeling as McCready playing chess in his little shack in the thing, uh, and I wanted the speak of, like Leatherface to try to spell a word and do it wrong and to speak and spell correct and oh. make a mad dump a thing of whiskey on it. <laughs> <laughs> Only the uh, the speak and spell didn't have um, Adrian Barbeau's voice. So. It's true. But probably would have been better if it did. So yeah. If it had. Mm. What? I'm sorry. No, no, you cut me off before I said a dumb thing. It's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> it 
<laughs> didn't. No one stopped me saying my saying my dumb thing. So Man. you should get to say it too. <laughs> that's why. That's why people tune in, buddy. I hate to tell you this, but it's for me saying what, dumb things. No, no, Mike saying dumb things. Oh. oh. <laughs> the only other thing I had in my notes was I, I. I. But on a serious side, I thought this movie has a lot of really great uh, cinematic camera movement for a chainsaw movie. I don't know if you noticed it cinematography wise. There's some great fucking dolly and crane type shots in this that I thought were pretty. I, they got out. that new line budget. That must be what yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, also yeah, too Freddie money. Yeah, Freddie money. It's also interesting too that I read that this was the only one that wasn't shot in Texas out of the franchise. Uh-huh. Huh. <coughs> <coughs> okay. So let's move on to our next film. Um, let's see, uh, who wants to? Uh, Blake, you want to uh, tell us about our third movie? <laughs> uh, butt firing tremors. <laughs> <laughs> Ass blasters. Uh, yeah. yeah, tremors three. Back to perfection. I'm not sure if you would call it perfection, but uh, hey. it's no, no. It's I, knew this would be, I knew this would be the one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I I just uh, I don't know I, I I love how at least we've got you know an albino uh, tremor we've got the 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 big boss one the big one there and then you know you have horrible CGI flying around but at the time that's you know it was still bad I mean, that's you can say. all they could afford <laughs> Dude, you're not going to the tremor <laughs> graboid. You're not going to get any argument with me from me on the CGI. It is horrible in this movie, and like, I don't even know if I'd say, well, you know, it was the time. I don't know. It felt it was the lack of money. All because this movie. I mean, I love all the Tremors movies. I'm a huge fan of really? of the of the whole franchise. I liked the the TV series they had um, on the Sci-Fi right. Channel years ago. I, I love everything about Tremors. Of course. About seventy-five percent of it is Bert. Yep, is why I keep Bert coming Gummer. back. Yep, but uh, but the thing that always bothered me, and I and I just I could not remember anything about this movie until rewatching it. Like this movie completely lost from my mind. All I could remember was is this was the introduction to the ass blasters, and I hated the ass blasters for some reason. And I'm wondering if this is because the CGI on them is so horrible. That has to be the only reason. Right, uh, and the concept itself is kind of oh, dumb okay. too. But that's uh, just me. <clears throat> just give me, just give me giant worms under the sand. I don't need to continually evolve these creatures. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, you were describing <laughs> Tremors Three back to perfection. Um, I mean, you guys want me just to give you like a rundown? Basically, we're looking at uh, the original attacks by the worm creatures with razor teeth, known as graboids. Uh. Yeah, graboids, I guess that, that that sums those up. Sure enough, the creatures attack again, <laughs> only now they're split into graboid shriekers and a new mutation known as ass blasters. Sounds like a porn I don't want to watch. Which are propelled <laughs> into flight by combustible flatulence. But it's up to Bert, Jack Sawyer, and locals to save their town from destruction. <laughs> Pretty sure Ass Blasters is an alternate title for water power, and I'm never going to skip an opportunity uh, to bring that movie up. Oh God. <laughs> you really don't ever skip an opportunity. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
again, I'll say it again, but uh, not just because he is, you know, the dad from Family Ties, but I freaking, I just love Burt Gummer in this film series. He is, he is the main reason I keep coming back. His, um, I'm blanking on the actor's name right now, Jason, come on. Uh-uh. Michael Gross. Michael Gross. Um, I like him as an actor anyway, and to get to see him playing this kind of like, this wannabe badass, badass guy, um, <laughs> just, well, he's it, the, just makes he's me laugh. And, I'm he's sorry. like the Reggie Bannister or the Sam Loomis. I mean, he's like, yeah, you know, the guy, I, I feel like that, you know, he's the only redeeming part of a movie at times. Uh, yeah. It's like he's giving it his all in a movie where there's fucking farting monsters. You know, it's like yeah, you you have to wonder. You know, some of those. I mean, it's just like you know Donald Pleasance in Halloween Five. It's like, dude, you know, poor fucking guy. He's he's pouring it out and giving this performance in this shit movie. But uh, what? I, I'm not saying Tremors oh Three is complete shit, and I love fucking love Halloween Five, okay. but it's it's. If it didn't have Bert in it, would it really be watchable? I no, I agree. Uh, Bert it, again. Bert is one of the. Uh, I could just every all of my favorite scenes in this movie all involve Bert, and uh, he's yeah he's the reason I keep coming back to this franchise. But and you know I mean because he's the blend of the action and the comedy for for this franchise. I mean he holds these whole th- all these movies together. And you're right. It's just you know a movie with like. Uh, you know, monsters that fart and fly through the air. He's giving it a hundred percent every single every single movie, and it's great. And and I'm glad you also brought up like Reggie Bannister and some of those other guys because I always in my fan my fan brain, if they were to continue with blending franchises together like Freddy vs Jason or Aliens vs Predator, if they keep going that route, I wanted to do the movie that blended together all the heroes from. Um, from these franchises, have Ash Williams, Reggie Bannister, and Burt Gummer all team up in a movie. How fucking amazing would that be? <laughs> oh, the that three would be Stooges. Awesome. <clears throat> there would be like of those three, Burt would be the only like Reggie and Ash are badasses by accident because yeah. they are forced into it. Bert, uh, maybe not necessarily a badass, but it's something that he's been preparing his whole life for. So he's the only one who's ready when this happens. He might be taken aback a little bit in the first movie when he finds out exactly what it is they're fighting, but he comes around very quickly and you know follows through his planning through the rest of the movies. Um, well, yeah, and he's he, and he's the guy. I mean, you know, you know, he's on the inside. He's loving every second of it, right? As, as the character, he's loving every second of like fighting these monsters, and a lot of the times. You know, if it was just him on his own, he would uh, he would just be like, you know, he wouldn't have any problems. He'd be taking him down left and right. But I think it's when he's mixed with other characters that kind of get in his way that cause him some comedy antics. So, so imagining him with like Ash and Reggie would be hilarious. Well, he definitely had his Ash moment in this movie, where it's like, <laughs> where when he I saw when he. He ended up blowing his place up because he thought it was the food, and then it ended up being the food that yeah. helped. And he's like, wah, wah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I made a note about that, that 
Um, there's the two saddest moments in horror movie real estate. <laughs> number one is when they burn down the Myers house in Halloween Resurrection. And number two, when Burt blows up his own house yeah. in this movie. I yeah. thought you were talking about when he got eaten. Oh, and they cut too. him out, and he's like, we are never going to speak of this again. <laughs> that is literally my favorite scene of yeah. this movie, yeah. is when Burt gets eaten. Because at first you're like, oh, fuck. And then like you realize he's still alive, and then he still has this amazing plan. You know, it's like no one else has survived getting swallowed by a, by a graboid, but he does. By forcing the graboid to go headfirst into this like underground cement wall. And then and it ends on a funny bit about, yeah, he's just covered in oh, graboid guts and, and says that line, yeah. I'm shocked this is still at 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. Can you believe that? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it should be way fucking higher. That's <laughs> It should be like, you know, 84, right? 84%, that'd be a nice uh, middle ground on that one. Yeah. <laughs> 97 or so. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Certified... C- certified uh, graboid edition, yeah. <laughs> Bert is to me, and you know, Michael Gross is a huge part of it. The way he plays him is fantastic. Yeah, and, and you know, he's a he's a badass character, and you know, he's the one who's easy to love. Of course, he's the one who wound up carrying the franchise, not just because Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon cost too much money to keep hiring back. I think but, he steals the show from them in the first movie, to be honest oh, with you. Oh, for sure he does, yeah. And and even from that first movie onward, and we'll, I want to come back to the continuity of the movies in a, in a minute too, but the way he's written, he, it would be so easy to make him not exactly an anti-hero, but a complete caricature, because he's a survivalist. You know, he... he probably have voted for Trump if he was in this day and age, you know. And it would have been easy to just make him like the the crazy conspiracy theory right-wing lunatic. But yes, he's a survivalist. He's a big gun advocate guy. But he's not an asshole. He never once belittles any of the women or any of the non-white characters. Very supportive, yep. Yeah, he... I honestly think Burt Gummer, and I haven't seen the newest one, and the fifth one wasn't very fucking good, but as far as all all the ones that were made by uh, Wilson, Underwood, and Maddox, who are the creative team through the first four movies and the TV series, (laughs) Burt Gummer is one of, honest to God, I think the best written characters in any movie franchise ever, period. Yes. Because he's a... He's a character. He's a type of character that could be a joke, that could be a villain, that could be an asshole, and turns out to be to to have characteristics of those type of characters, but be the hero. But it never seems gratuitous. It never seems like they're praising gun violence. It never seems like they're glorifying that type of character. Yeah. He's just a good person. Yeah. And that's a really fucking hard thing to do. And I don't think that the creative team, the writers, and Michael Gross, who I seem to remember reading an interview a long time ago that he's like a big-time uh, pacifist, and and that it was kind of hard for him initially to play this character because of all the guns and stuff. And you know, But he made peace with it. And, and just from all those different uh, 
people's input, he became this fantastic character that is kind of, he's like a lot of other characters, but at the same time, he's completely unlike any other character you'll ever see. Agreed. Absolutely. That was a great explanation of a uh, breakdown of Burt Gummer. Why he's such an awesome, awesome, lovable character. And again, I'll see. I'll I'll keep watching these movies as long as he's in them. <laughs> I didn't know you liked him that much. I do. He's yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've always been a Michael Gross fan to begin with. So That's true. even from the first movie, I was excited. But then, man, what sold me on Bert is that scene when him and Reba McIntyre are in the rec room of the house, and the <laughs> graboid comes crashing in, and. They turn to the wall, and it's just a small camera pivot to this ginormous wall of fucking guns. And they just keep grabbing guns and blowing and blowing them into this graboid until they finally take him down with the elephant rifle. And when Michael Gross says, "Broken the wrong goddamn rec room, didn't you?" I'm like, yep, that's it. This is I'm sold. Yep. Um. There, there's some other. Like I said, the, the creative team was the same through the first four movies in the TV series, and those two new ones with Jamie Kennedy, Universal, announced they were making a new Tremors movie, and uh, Ron Underwood, S.S. Wilson, and Brent Maddock went, what, what, you are? We oh. didn't get a phone call. Oh. They were shut out, and that's why those two new movies, like I said, I haven't seen the most recent one, but I've heard enough to know that it's the same as the fifth one. They just don't have that same vibe. They... There was a even though the you know they declined in budget, the quality maybe fell off a little bit, but they always managed that tone of horror and humor so well. They knew those characters, they knew this world, and and they knew how to keep things together. That's why you get like to see Miguel come back. I was so sad the first time I watched this movie when Miguel yeah. dies because I love Miguel. He's great. You love all these oh, yeah. characters. Yep. To to have Jody come back, Chang, well, Walter Chang's niece now runs his. Uh, runs the grocery store or whatever yeah, yeah. it's just it, it, it feels like a family yep is what it is because it's a, such a small town you know all the characters know each other yep. um, you get Ariana Richardson back from you know became a big star in Jurassic Park and then never did anything else <laughs> of note and came back to Tremors yay yay for us <laughs> Tremors fans anyway um and you get references to some of the stuff in the other movie, like uh, when and Bert at one point says something like, are you trying to turn perfection into a theme park or something like that? And Jimmy <laughs> oh, yeah. goes, well, it worked for your friends Earl and Grady. Yep. Well, I remember in Tremors 2, Grady had this big idea that they were going to capture a live Graboid or a live Shrieker or something and, and you know make Graboid land with the money that they got paid by the Mexican government to exterminate all the Graboids in that valley and Oh yeah, love all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I already don't remember anything about the fr- about the fifth movie at all. Like I may have even fallen asleep. That sounds <laughs> probably about right, right? Yeah. But like, I mean, again, if you got Michael Gross, like, what? How did it miss so bad? I don't know. I gotta watch it because again. Because he's because it's not being written and shepherded through production by the people who created this world. That's why. No, I get that. I, you know, and just another thing I love about. 
about Bert in these movies is just watching him try continually trying to outsmart the graboids. And then but what's great is that the graboids learn from it. And so then they start outsmarting him and then he's gotta turn around and outsmart them again and you know, you know, gets kind of MacGyvery in certain, you know, aspects of their execution like, of plans. Think on your feet. Yeah. To adapt to their adaption. And that that's that's also what makes these movies a lot of fun. So and you get Mel, fucking Melvin. Yeah, yeah. Melvin comes back. And he just leaves him out there at the end. And I hate your stupid fucking hat. <laughs> <laughs> Got Tom Everett in this one too. Yeah, Shit, little little right. through line in the in the movies for the episode. Crazy. Yeah. Who hasn't spoken up about Tremors 3 yet? Does everybody have This one, like like Jaws 3, has a one-time director. You know, when Brent Maddock, it's his only directing credit, did this one. Yeah, he's he's part of the original team, though. He's the sure, but original creator. Yeah, it's but his it's only, only directing credit. Which is interesting, yeah. yeah. And the guy who did Jaws 3, he was, it's only his, his only credit. Yeah, but that guy came from, like, production design or some shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. At least, at least with Brent, he knew what he was doing. So he knew this franchise inside and out, just like how Bert knows the insides and outs of a graboid. <laughs> I'm gonna keep making bad jokes on someone else. Other than the bad <laughs> CGI, I thought the uh, Bert's uh, trumpet theme got a little repetitive. <laughs> Anybody notice that? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's perfect and funny, but. It's too much. I don't know. I must not. An, I mean, it's not coming to me, so I must. It must not have stood out to me. So. I watched it on mute so I could listen to a podcast. Nice. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So, oh, sorry. Go I, ahead. I was just going to ask if anyone beside me and Mike has seen the TV show. Nope. Because nope. this movie almost seems like a pilot episode. Like, it sets up everything that happens in the TV show. El Blanco is a big part of it. And, yeah, and the, it, um, it was between three and four that the TV show happened. So, yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. Well, then four is a prequel anyway, so that doesn't well, really yeah. fit the... But I know you've seen some of it, Jason, because this, this show came out during the time of the PF House. So. Oh, right. How about the trailer for that new thing that never happened? Was that real? Did that really happen and look that good? Yeah, they they had Kevin Bacon on board. He was you know ready to come back. They had I think they even shot the pilot. That's and then well, that's right. I I think reception like the the reception to the new movies was so poor. Yeah, that they panicked and canceled it. And that's just one of those fucking frustrating things where. The studio goes, oh, well, people don't like this anymore. No, they do, and they like it when it's good. It's just you made two really shitty ones. This is your yeah. fucking fault. So don't take it out on the fans by taking away more good tremors from us, you assholes. That new TV they probably should have waited a while to do it. <clears throat> Was that new TV series done by the original guys, too, then? or That I don't know. Oh, okay. It just felt like... Uh, we knew that this new thing was coming, and then the new movies come out before this trailer, and then that's when 
everyone passed, or the studio said no, and then this trailer came out, and everyone's like, but this is fucking awesome! It's like the chain of events was all fucked up, and... I do feel like, uh, yeah, the trailer looked really, really awesome, and I'd love to have it. I do feel like it's in one of those weird situations where, um, it's like, I don't know, um, you know, they, they sort of, it's like, yeah, you know, Kevin Bacon's coming back, and it's basically using his name, and I, I don't know, I, I, of course I'd love to watch it, and it looked like it could have been incredible, but I also sort of have that feeling where it's like, you know, Bert, you know, his, the uh, he stuck out, you know, Michael Gross stuck out through these movies, good and bad, no budget, big budget, and uh, he stuck through, you know, with some of the, the shitty movies, and then it suddenly, you know, oh, the prodigal son, you know, that we oh, have. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I sort of felt that way with Jamie Lee Curtis and H2O also, because uh-huh. it was like, uh-huh. they ignored all those oh, sequels. Oh, now you want to be part of it. Okay. Yeah, now and and then it's funny because you know not not to go on a tangent, but then now she's like doing promo for the new Halloween and she's she's shitting on H two O and it's like, you know, at the time she was saying the same thing she's saying now, which is you know I'm returning to the franchise and it's a big deal and I missed Loomis so much in H two O that I'm I've I sort of had a chip on my shoulder watching it like, you know, we we've been doing fine without you, Jamie. Like we had Loomis and he's 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 been here all along. So I feel like. In this way, and it's not it's not on, uh, you know, Kevin Bacon or anybody. And like I said, of course, I'd watch it, but it's also sort of like, you know, we, we've had these movies. They're not great, but, you know, we've he's stuck Gummer. through them. Yeah, yeah Bird's stuck through them, and he's been, you know, giving it 100% and all these, all these awful sequels. So, you know, I don't know. I did see, uh, I read online that there was a, because there was a thing on Goofs for Tremors 3, and obviously there's, there's quite a lot, but... Huh? I don't know if anybody else noticed. (laughs) Somebody put that there's no guns in Bert's safe room. Huh. Mm, Yeah, that would be. Did anyone notice that? Because that that seems like a big character error. No. Yeah. I guess I just assume that he's got him locked up somewhere or something. Oh yeah, sure. He's a responsible gun owner. I I, I assumed the the design of his house in general was budgetary restraints because <laughs> there was no big wall of guns anywhere. <laughs> you know, yeah. unlike in the first movie, because they do show that one where they first walk in, they're like the other two are like, oh my god, damn, you know, and it's like three guns on the wall. So right, right. <laughs> And in the second one, you, his introduction is he's sitting on the couch uh, watching TV covered in potato chip crumbs with a taxidermied graboid head mounted on the wall behind him. <laughs> so yeah, the pretty pretty steep budget drop-off between the, the second and third. And honest, I love the second one almost as much as the first. And the first one is like in my top ten favorite movies of all time. Cool. This... This series is just, it's comfort food to me. It's a warm blanket. I love the writing. I love the tone. I love the jokes. I love the characters. I love the monsters, obviously. Just every, and, you know, the the two new Jamie Kennedy ones, fucking whatever. I, it's one of those things where, like, the first three Alien movies are canon to me, and the rest are just bad fan fiction. <laughs> but the first, four, the first four Tremors movies in the TV series... No matter how many shitty sequels, no matter how many canceled pilots, I'll always have those, and they make me so happy. I fucking love all of these movies. Awesome. Outstanding. 
Well, cool, guys. Um, yeah, so those are the movies we uh, were talking about for this episode, but there's obviously way more part threes than that. Uh, anybody got some honorable mentions they wanted to do? I do. I do. Oh, I do. okay. I do. Me too. Go for it. I'm going to go the typical route, but um, I love Halloween 3, and I will. Yep. I would say that one, so um, I won't go into detail, but I love Halloween 3, and if we ever do another part 3, uh, part 3, part 2, we'll do Halloween 3. <laughs> let's do, three, let's do Puppet two. Masters 3. Puppet Masters 3, guys. That's probably the best Puppet Master movie, so It yeah. is. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it is. I think it is the best one, because I remember when those movies came out, and I watched the first one, I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. And then the second one came out, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's even better. And when the third one came out, I'm like... How can one franchise get better with sequels? <laughs> <laughs> Only Charles Banfield's apparently. I don't know, but that yeah. that that stuff is continuity errors all over the place. But I still like the puppets. But the third one, you're right though. I mean, that should have almost been the first one. Like, just do the first one as part three and go from there. But yeah. All right. What else you guys got? I watched uh, Alien Three. Fuck yes, that's yeah. on my list. Oh, so I need, good. I haven't watched so it since the theater. I, st- I need to rewatch uh, it. I Whoa. I went back to it just I, I I saw David Fincher's name and I was like, oh yeah, that's right, his first fucking movie. Yep. And uh oh, I, I I liked it. I liked it. I just <laughs> I just the CG. It was so nineties. It was so nineties. Ah, that's that's not CGI. Okay, the the cut and paste uh, <laughs> yeah. aliens. It's I a guess. rod control puppet. The, yep. That that alien that you're seeing running across the ceiling is about two feet long, <clears throat> and it's being controlled by like five guys on a motion control camera table with sticks attached to its legs. So it's really god awful compositing, but yeah, at least the, it's not CGI. The compositing, it just it felt a little, and I. And I, I thought his, I don't know. And then I got to in the cinematography part of it. I, I felt it was weird his choice that like, uh, m- the majority of his camera angles were low angles shooting upward. I was just confused on that choice, on what that meant. But there, the whole movie takes place from about two feet under your eye level, <laughs> and I, I just wasn't sure why. And, but it's so frequent; it was it made me notice, and it just bothered me. Or I just spent too much time thinking about that. But uh, no, it was good. It was all right, and I just remembered it being better. But it was okay. Again, I hadn't seen it since the theater, and I did I had neither like till it. this. So. I did not like it when I saw it in the theater. Mm. So, but I. I I know I need to re-see it. Yeah. It was like long before I knew who David, you know, Fincher was, and I think I was. It was jarring for me the very beginning of the movie when you, you know, kill off the whole main reason. It's uh, a yeah. second movie. You uh, know? At least they reference it. I guess that's my. I was just like, well, at least they're working continuity here. I guess even though well, he the just undid cuts all a little bit more fleshed out. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Check out the director's cut. I. I mean, I. I would recommend that just for a little bit more character, you know, Wonder. exposition, stuff like that. So. Which version That's the HBO? version I always watch when I go back to watch it. Yeah. Hmm. What other part threes? Uh, the, well, the best Nightmare on Elm Street. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I I was gonna That's bring that. Good. Yeah, I was gonna bring that one up, and I agree. It's I, it's my favorite of all the sequels. So again, I feel like it's also Hellraiser, Hellraiser Part Three. <laughs> Yeah, that's the movie that got me into Motorhead. (laughs) (laughs) And it also explains that weird time in your life when you glued CDs to your scalp. Got Uh, it. (laughs) There's there's one that I've been dying to rewatch because I feel like a lot of people are talking about it nowadays. Okay. Because they're like finally admitting that it's good and and uh well, I mean, I, I knew it was good when I watched it the first time when it came out. Sure, sure. It was sure. just jarring, but Exorcist Three. You know what? That movie has. Kind I want to go back around. to that, and I haven't. Like I, I hear I've a never lot seen of people reference that. I've even heard people reference Everyone's, that they like it better than the first one. Yeah, which that's that's crazy that's talk. Sacrilege, but. but I've been hearing lots of talk about love for Part Three, which I agree, and I I remember loving it. I still have never seen it. Oh man, oh it's it's I it's good. I think I have either. It's on Shutter. Maybe I'll watch that tonight when we it's sign good. off. Mm, yeah, it's got some scary shit. Some of the biggest and best jumps. Oh yeah, but okay. yeah, I totally want to go back to it. But I definitely want to recommend that. Hmm. There's only a million. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have six. <laughs> All right. Go go go. <laughs> okay. okay. Alien Three was on my list. Jason already said that one, but I actually like Alien Three second best out of the entire whoa I, I like it better than aliens i think it's really? just barely wow. not as good as the original i love the bleakness what you're talking about that you didn't like that they killed off uh, hicks and nude at the beginning and that's a huge complaint about it i think that just ties into the the bleakness of the story because oh, those first three movies are ripley's story and about how these creatures have ruined her fucking existence yeah when she confronts the alien in the basement after she finds out she's been impregnated and she just looks at it and says, you've been in my life so long. I can't remember anything else. That one (laughs) line sums up. That's an awesome line. Yeah, it is. Oh my God. I love alien three so much. And that thinking about tremors three, alien three, and the next one I'm going to say off my list, we should just do franchise kill episodes for all three of these return of the living dead three. Nice. Good choice. Yes. Love that movie. Love it. Great crazy ass effects by screaming mad george love it brilliant it's fucking romeo and juliet yeah (laughs) yeah and piercing so goddamn good yes curse of the fly very very seldom seen uh third entry in the original classic fly series made in england um separate kind of from the continuity of the first two because there's no Vincent Price there's nothing about the Delambre family but uh, it it has a lot of the elements that Cronenberg took for his remake whether he was directly influenced by it or not I don't know but they have all there's, there's a storyline about the telepods uh, mangling people kind of in the way that they that happens in, in the Cronenberg movie the next one will be no surprise to anyone's King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Son of Frankenstein. Nice. Third yeah. in the Universal Frankenstein movies. My personal favorite Frankenstein movie of all time. Love that movie. Bela Lugosi's best performance, I think, as Igor. And finally, one more from the classics The Creature Walks Among Us. Mm-hmm. Creature is my favorite Universal yeah. monster. Not a huge fan of the second movie, 
Revenge of the Creatures a little, eh. But Creature Walks Among Us is such a haunting and beautiful coda for that character, where he is altered by scientists to the point where he cannot return to the ocean or the water at all. But not the ocean. He's not an ocean creature. He's from the Amazon. It's fresh water, not brackish. But anyway, <laughs> he, that scene at the end where he walks out into the ocean because he knows that the the only world that makes any sense to him has been taken away and he can't fit into what he has left and it's just time to go yeah the final shot of the creature walks among us is one of the most beautiful and heartbreaking things in all of horror are we considering army of darkness i think yeah. so yeah. absolutely yeah okay wasn't sure if anyone mentioned that no but that's a good pick mm-hmm. yeah uh better than Scream 3. <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Silent Bob, and I just can't comprehend what was going on in that film. <laughs> better than um, um, Child's Play 3. Ooh. I I prefer Child's Play 3, obviously, more than Scream 3, but... Yeah, that's that's a, you know. much, though, but man, I don't like Child's Play 3. It's can different. Just, can we just talk about um, dishonorable mentions that move part three that we don't like? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I, I do. I, I was joking, but I do like. Um, I, I do have a, a very soft spot for um, Friday part three. Yeah. Yep, that was another one on my yeah. list. Yeah, love it. Love Friday. And I didn't mean to c- cut into uh, Brian if you had more on your list. Nope, that was the end. Okay. Well, uh, some of them on my list that haven't been mentioned yet. Um, Day of the Dead. Oh, fuck, yeah. Romero's third zombie mm-hmm. film. Trilogy. Very yeah. good. Yeah. One of my all-time favorite movies ever, let alone part three. Um, I like Hatchet 3 a lot. Hatchet 3 is good. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's Mind Ripper. Nope, everyone's Googling Dead that. No one says anything. Nobody <laughs> says anything. I've, I've never seen Mind Ripper. I have nothing to say. I've never heard of it. Mind Ripper is technically is technically supposed to be Hills Have Eyes Part 3. What? But it is way off the rails of Hills Have Eyes. Now you're just showing off. Yep, I am. And then the last one, um, this is probably on my all-time, well, another one of my all-time favorite Part 3s ever, and that's Zombie 3. Yeah, I almost yeah. watched that again. Just uh... and I, it, it almost made the list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were... right. Oh, it, it should have. Why didn't it? <laughs> I just figured like part I'd, three, part two. We'll I figured I'd be nice to Terry, and then turns out she didn't. She's not even on this episode. So that one, uh, I actually just watched that not too long ago again. When uh, this winter, Foy was here. Originally, it was just going to be an overnight thing, and then we had, like, fucking blizzard Armageddon, and we wound up getting snowed into the house for, like, two days. So it was just me and Floyd doing nothing but watching movies all the time, and uh, Zombie 3 was one of his picks, and neither one of us had seen it in a couple of years. God, that movie's fun. Mm-hmm. And I maintain to this day that Robert Rodriguez uh, used that as his primary inspiration for Planet Terror. I think... I think you mentioned that the last time we talked about that movie. Probably, because I usually say that when somebody says something about Zombie <laughs> Well, no, but you brought that up, and it's like it totally dawned on me that you were absolutely right. Like, all the fog and the 
And yeah, there's a lot of imagery that's very similar, so now I wanna watch Zombie Three. And Planet Terror. Hey, how about uh, Hellboy 3, right, guys? Uh, oh, oh, god damn it. Oh, oh, that's such a sore nerve for me. <laughs> Let's just make uh, everyone depressed. That's what Taz for. I was <laughs> having a good time on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I just wanted to see those twin babies. That's all I wanted oh, to see. There's smoke coming out of Brian's ears right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> all. So, oh. oh, I just thought of another one that I really like. Short Circuit 3? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Close. Prom Night 3. Whoa. Prom Night 3, out of what, the five movies in that franchise? Is that right? If you're counting the remake, there's five? Who knows? Um, Nobody it's the, knows. It's the only one. <laughs> it's the only one that's connected to another one in the franchise because it's, it's technically a sequel to Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Because um, the Mary Lou character is in the third movie, but it's a completely different direction they took with the with the film and made it more of like a, a, a dark comedy. If you guys have not seen Prom Night Three, I highly, 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 highly I'm recommend for that it. Again. No, I am serious. <laughs> that's what about, I'm what about not serious, serious. Three? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's oh, right. Oh. Three of our worst lists from last year. Oh, Jesus, that was garbage. But, uh, Mike, yeah. I think you and I have both overlooked something that I just realized while I was looking at my DVD shelves. Uh-oh. Beast of Blood. Oh, The third yes. in the Blood Island Blood trilogy. Blood Island trilogy. Er, yeah, damn it. Good one. Hell yeah. <laughs> I actually think this third movie might be better than the original, because the series isn't that great either, but Paranormal Activity 3. I, I saw that on. I, a, I never saw the movie, but I saw it like when I was looking up like part threes to sort of uh, like refresh. That was on a lot of lists, actually. Mm. It's got a creepy freaking vibe. It is. It, it just the witchcraft involvement in that, and I don't know. It's watch it. I I, I think you'll like it. Never seen any of them. I've only seen I think just the first one, maybe the second one. I don't remember now. I know I've definitely seen the first one. There's always Ninja Three: The Domination. I thought about it. A series that doesn't exist. (laughs) Right? Yes, that movie is so, and it fits because there's like there's possession in that movie. Yeah, it's the uh, disco flash dance exorcist ninja movie you never knew you always needed. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, I I I will never look at V8 again. That's for sure. Uh, (laughs) How about um, Thanks Killing Three? The film franchise that, that doesn't have oh, a part yes. two, yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. the idea that yeah, that they uh, is so meta that it fucked with you know the <laughs> continuity by taking out the second movie. It was too long. I feel like they should have trimmed like fifteen twenty minutes off of that one. I love the first Thanks Killing. <laughs> there, there's no <laughs> defensible reason to, but I love it anyway. And I was so excited for that part three slash part two, and. I I enjoyed it. It just it went on too much. They needed like a producer to tell them like, no, you got to trim this or something. No backs. Did anybody case think three? the Purge three no. was too political? No, I liked it, man. I love yeah. it. I, 
fucking I, pissed me off because it wasn't political enough. I yeah. I cannot wait for this new one. I love this franchise. I can't wait for the TV series. I yeah. hope they can. <clears throat> they will do these movies forever because you can. Because you can always do some a different story with it every single time. It's the environment that's the, uh, you know. And so yeah, these movies can do no wrong for me. I I love them all. They're so good. It's so was, funny because that first one came out and it was so much wasted potential. And I feel like they saw it and then they realized they're like, oh, oh shit. shit! Like <laughs> we kept we kept this fucking amazing premise in one house. How dumb are we? Look what you know. We gotta expand. And suddenly it was like it clicked for the second movie. It's like I I cannot rewatch the first movie but the the second and third ones i love and yeah uh i'm sad that i'm not watching the first purge right now as we record this (laughs) oh that's right you wanted us to cut out early so you could sorry i forgot (laughs) well i'm seeing uh scary gary's watching it right now oh man Uh, i'm sorry see and if i hadn't just read my entire review that i wrote last year of jaws 3 then we would have been fine Oh. No, no, it's all good. We were never ever going I, to have a chance to end this at. Oh, at no. <laughs> I, I never wanted to see the original Purge because I hated the idea. I thought it was fucking stupid. And then everyone said the second one was pretty good, and I'd like to go back and give that a try. I watched the third one because I was so excited. Like, oh my god, they just realized that there's potential for all this political satire, and then they completely fucking pissed that potential down their leg in the third one, and it made me angry. So I'm hoping this new one, because of that poster, which is the greatest fucking movie poster in history. <laughs> I heard, I, I tried, I read a spoiler-free re- review that basically said it was almost like a black exploitation. Um, it it touches on race, and it's like actually very... Fuck uh, yes, okay, I'm going to go see it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, me too, yeah, and they said it's, it's uh, pretty brave. Like, they said it, it's... Yes. They don't. They don't. Yeah, they said they don't uh, promote it like that, but it, it really is, you know, more of a political uh, touching on race and that kind of thing. So about goddamn time. Yeah, and they they have they have a franchise that's reaching a lot of people. Use that, you know, for for that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. That that makes me very excited to see it now. Anybody ever see the third Hostel movie? I was just going to say that it's awful. No, no, I've never seen it. Because I watched the first two, and they were both fucking garbage. <laughs> Whoa! I'm gonna tell you this. I like part two. I love, I love the first two movies. The third one is horrible. <laughs> it's it's really uh, bad. And if you love the first two and think the third one is horrible, then the third one might actually kill me. <laughs> that's what I'm. <laughs> or, that's what or I'm you'll saying. Love that's. It. That's more hill more, yeah, 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 that's probably more... It's the Seed of Chucky of the Hostel movies. Oh, my God. Yeah. Seed of Chucky is best Chucky. No. Here we go. All I got to say is that Hostel in Vegas, that's what the third movie is. It's huh. one, yep. one of the I things... I like that premise. I don't, good because... Idea. One of See, the things, he's already sold. Brian sold on uh, it now. One of the things that I love about the first two movies is, is these these... These group of people in a foreign land, you know, they, they don't really have anywhere to go, like anybody to turn to. And that first movie, when he gets out, and when he gets out of there, he's never he's never really free from that scenario until he gets his ass out of the country. And then when we learn in part two, he's still not even safe there. But that's a whole other thing. And to me, that's totally <clears throat> terrifying. That's probably one of my biggest fears about traveling to another country. 
mm-hmm. is like it's true it's pretty freaky being totally <clears throat> lost in translation like that and oh, yeah. like it, me all you know fat american thinking that like you know all of my american laws apply to me no matter where i go and come to find out some you know third world european countries probably not so you know the so that's what makes those movies terrifying for me so I think in better hands than Eli Roth's, that could have been a really great movie. And then to take the third movie and to put it in America and Vegas, after I've been to Vegas I don't know how many times, I'm just like, yeah, you totally destroyed the one thing that I liked about this (laughs) franchise. (laughs) Yeah, I remember my my, uh, sister went on like an art trip abroad when uh, she was in maybe, I think she was in college and I was like maybe just getting into high school and... They came back and she was telling me like, and of course she was just in like Amsterdam, but she was telling me stories of like they were on the train and uh, one of them like one of the people in their art it was like an art trip like an art club type thing. One of them had like some weed on them and the cops approached them and basically like blackmailed them into like giving them a shit ton of money to not arrest them. Oh. And then and then they like went to their hostel where they were, they had booked and um, it was not at all like what they had been led to believe like they they saw pictures and stuff but they weren't anything like that and so they tried to call the cops on on the guy running the hostel and uh the cops came and basically blackmailed him again or like well we we won't do anything unless you pay us and it was like that to me it was like in high school it was like jesus that's like i never want to go over there fuck that like everywhere you went <laughs> no. like you call the cops and they fucking rip you off like every everything about it was you know and, that, and that's on a such a tiny scale compared to you know what we see in hostel so well hey here, here's the thing in america you call the cops and they'll beat you to death so oh, they'll kill you <laughs> yeah. if you're black yeah i'd rather have them blackmail me just everything you said made me think of the movie euro trip yeah so, <laughs> oh, <laughs> i love that movie you should start them in your anus <laughs> euro did trip. anybody say phantasm three no but that's, that's a good, a good one. one yeah I'll, I'll Children of the Corn three or Reanimator the, three. Oh, oh, Beyond Reanimator. Reanimator. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. Damn. The only movie where you're going to see a uh, severed, resurrected penis and a rat have fisticuffs. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you eloquently uh, described it. I like that. <laughs> you have a way with words. He sure does, doesn't he? <laughs> It's the reason you keep me around, I know. <laughs> All I heard was severed penis and fist. I don't know the rest. <laughs> you got to work on your listening skills, but... <clears throat> That's a very odd selective hearing. <laughs> yeah. Is there a Howling 3? I don't even know. That's yes. Like, That's, That's like a billion howling movies. It's really good. Says Brian. <laughs> yeah, I like the Howling 3. I think it's neat. <laughs> <laughs> I just said you had a way with words yeah. and you just called it neat. <laughs> I, I live to disappoint. Aww. There's there's technically, again, I'm do, going obscure here, but there's technically oh, House 3, a.k.a. the Ooh. horror show. Horror show. Yeah. And that one yeah. truly counts because then they end up making House 4. The like, horror show was made... As the horror show in the States, but when it was released overseas, it was released as House 4, or House 3. And then, in the States, they made a movie called House 4. Yeah. Without there being, in the States, a House 3. So much confusion. 
man. Oh, oh don't even get me started are, until I'm you... surprised they're not riots. <laughs> don't even get me started on those movies when it comes to the Italian versions of that. We will the, not. We the, will no. not get you started. The Le- anybody Le- else have any more part Pol- threes? The Poltergeist three. Poltergeist three. Oh. Re- yes. Not just because high, Nancy Allen's in that's, it. That's the high-rise apartment building one, right? Yep. Critters three. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Piranha three D. I like yeah. yeah, it's I like it. I I like that one a lot. I just I paused there for a minute because I'm like, is it that's a count is it part three or is it a re? I'm so confused. Well, there was Piranha three double D. There you go. Because mm. it was the remake, <laughs> the third, the second sequel to the remake. Right. So like yeah. Does the Blair they... Witch remake count as the third Blair Witch? No, but I'm saying the but, Piranha. Oh. They made Piranha remake, then they made Piranha two, you know, re, a sequel to that, and then it was Piranha three double D. Right. No. So they made no. it. It's a third in the new franchise. As no, there's as... only there's only two of the new ones. Yeah. There's only two. I was yeah, thinking Piranha three do, Piranha three double D is the second one. It's just called that because it was in three D. Okay. I was yeah. thinking it was the but third. Th- one. There's Piranha Two: The Spawning, which is James Cameron's directorial debut, and that's coming out on Blu-ray later this year. And who else is really excited for that besides me? Me, <laughs> James, me. James I love Cameron. That <laughs> yeah, James yeah. Cameron. Flying Piranha Fish, man. That how cool is that? Look, that movie is amazing. From the opening scene of two people going down to the bottom of the ocean to have sex. Right. Like which that, that salt water cannot be good. Is, no. Is that where it's best? Watch the movie. Oh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. Yeah, with Chrome Dome. Um, Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley, yeah. Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp 3. Teenage Wasteland. Ooh. Yeah. Wrong Turn 3. <laughs> yeah. Wrong Turn 3, yeah. 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 Um, I feel like we're just listing we're just as many as we possibly all. can. Right, yeah. We probably we'll should probably move on. We'll be here until next week. <laughs> the last half hour has just been us <laughs> thinking of part threes. All right, we'll we'll move on because because um, there'll be more in the segments. I'm sure that we'll all go like, oh yeah, yeah. So know. we've named a lot. We t- let's take a break, and when we come back, it'll be time for segments here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back. It's time for segments on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Starting off, as we always do, with some shout-outs. It's time for... Shout-outs! 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 Sup, sup. Just asked everybody what their favorite part threes was. Got a crap ton responses on facebook first up we got willis wheeler says nightmare three army of darkness see he counts it and friday three sweet 3d Woo. 
We got Dave Bowen says Puppet Master Three was the best in the series. That seems yeah. to be the consensus. Yeah. Damn right. And hello, Dave. I thank you for listening. You know Dave. Dave all right. D- Dave's awesome. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. He sounds awesome. He's got good taste. We got Gerald Martin says The Exorcist Three truly chilling for me. Anyway. Yeah, you guys need to watch that again. Joe Nidal. As soon as we hang up. Yeah. Joe Nidal says, I still like Halloween 3. Anyone who shuns it should get over themselves and just enjoy this fun flick. Does Thanks anyone for shun posting, that anymore? Joe. Yeah, there's still a lot of angry fucking nerds. I, I know there, there are. are really? No, oh, fuck those people. Normies yeah. and nerds that... Norm. Yeah. People that haven't come around to how good 3 is. I like the idea that Michael Myers could have gotten his mask from Shamrock company <laughs> and that's why he's so crazy <laughs> that is a cool idea yeah. That. yeah shit uh we got derek Wyrather says dream warriors i want a dream no more no doubt about it he says dream warriors. and then uh Ooh. and maybe tonight <laughs> maybe tonight here we go all singing, all dancing episode of it. <laughs> May it all be that way. Attack of the Killer podcast, the musical. <laughs> uh, Michael Rowland, our buddy. He started his own podcast coming out in August. Ooh. I almost, musical myths. I remembered that was good to me. Good job. Anyway, he says, also, Dream Warriors changed my life, man. With a tree. <laughs> nope. Okay. Um, we got Mike Reeb. Poster guy extraordinaire, old school video, Lincoln, Nebraska. He says, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3. So underrated, great cast, the Excalibur Chainsaw. I miss you, Mike. I miss him. We got Evan Runkle. Oh, nice. Who's that? He's on the the PFPN. He is the host of the PFPN show. All about movies. All about movies. (laughs) He says, Final Destination 3 is the best of the series to me. Oh, shit. See, there's one we didn't mention yet. I saw it, but I was like, I don't think I want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fair enough. (laughs) I don't know that I remember it. It's it's the one that stars the the, uh, weed salesman guy who turns uh, Ginger's sister onto monkshood from Ginger Snaps. Oh, yeah, you know that one. I don't remember that at all. You made it worse. I can't remember. I can't remember it even worse now. The only thing you got to explain to people is like, what was the big traumatic thing in the beginning of the movie, okay. right? Because that's what people associate all those movies with. It's a plane. It's uh, wasn't it logs one on was a, the plane? Two on the was the freeway. Yeah, I want to say roller the coaster. Sec- three. Oh, yeah, it might be because I, I know thought that was the three D one. Yeah, I I think the the big. Opening trauma th- roller coaster is later, but there is a roller coaster okay. or something in three because it takes place at like a local fair carnival, a oh, big okay. climactic thing. But I think was that? three open. Oh. I think three's opening trauma <laughs> is another person who didn't get on the plane from the first one, if I remember correctly. I'm gonna look it up. All I know is Evan's screaming at his speakers right now. He's like, "Guys, <laughs> come on." This is my favorite one, and you haven't even said the right thing yet. Probably, I'm sorry. He's gonna if do he's a made it this, this yeah. far into the podcast. Thing, <laughs> no, it's the roller coaster. It, it looks like it's the roller coaster, like a Ferris wheel thing. He was almost going to be like on this okay. episode, so now he's going to be pissed he didn't. All right. 
Oh, you gotta keep going, because if I have to keep looking at this Freddy Krueger putting on sunglasses... We're getting to that! Up next, we got our pal Scott Peterson says... Cube Zero. Uh, I still have Interesting choice. Really? really? I, well, You're just such a boner like for two, the first one. I love the first one. Two, Brilliant. premise was great, but like it, didn't did, it. Did, it just the execution was horrible, so... And then, like, Zero is supposed to be a prequel, and you know how I feel about that shit, so... Yeah, it, it, it gets a little too explainy about the cube, I think. Ah. That's what I don't want, yes. Yeah, yeah, you might want to skip it then. But yeah, the first one's fucking amazing, and it stars Mike Hammer from the Red Dream Show, so... Yay! Hell yeah. <laughs> Up next, we got Brian McNeil, says Phantasm 3, Return of the Living Dead 3. Woo! Yes! <laughs> We got Andrew Moeller says The Exorcist 3, more love. After that, we got Jesse Robbins. Who's that? Hey, she's on, on the PFPN. On the PFPN on the show Land of the Creeps. And on Who's her that? new podcast called The Bloody Hook Podcast. That's right. Yep. She says, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors for sure. We're the Dream Warriors. Okay. Lisa Mar- Mary. Hey, Lisa. Lisa says, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, hands down. Campy Dream Powers, Freddy One-Liners, and score by Angelo Baldomenti. That's not, what's not to love? Baldomenti. Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) Yeah, pretty close. Pretty close. close. How can you scroll after she told you to put your hands down? Sorry. Leo Redmond says, Dream Warriors, charcoal sketch by me. Oh, that's fucking good. Yeah, that, I thought that when I first saw that, I thought it was a freaking picture until Leo, I read holy the shit, dude. That's freaking amazing. Um, check out our Facebook page to see that picture. Gosh mm-hmm. dang. And uh, Halloween 3. Dream Warriors and Halloween 3 were my introduction into the horror genre. Oh, shit, it's been downhill from Nine. there. <laughs> Other favorites are Return of the Living Dead 3, Wreck 3, and Alien 3. Uh, Oh, yes. Wait, 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 wait. Which one's Wreck 3? Is that the wedding one? Anybody? Nope. Uh, I don't know. Fucking hell. <laughs> Hold on. You broke Mike. Way to go. Oh, no. Two. If only three. there was a thing that I could look. If there was only a way. So Alien 3 is good? I'm just kidding. Yes. Yes, I love Rec 3. <laughs> it's the one at the wedding. Because what's Melody. awesome what's awesome about it, it starts off, it's like the first ten minutes is, is found footage from the perspective of the... Oh, uh, right, and then it flips. And then it flips into straight narrative, and that flip is so jarring. Like, because it's all you have like... To respect it. Sh- I, you do. It's just all shot on video, shaky cam. You know, it's, it's, it's from the perspective of the videographer shoot, filming the wedding. And then, you know, hell breaks loose. And then, and then the camera fuzzes out. And then it goes straight into, like, dolly tracks and well-produced 35mm <laughs> shot stuff. And it's so awesome. Huh. And it's funny. It's got a lot of great funny gags in it, too. And, um, but, and just bloody as hell. I highly, highly recommend whatever you think of the franchise, whatever, but 3 is amazing. All right. You and Leo feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, Leo. Up next, we got this one girl named Kendra Lord. Uh, she says, Shrek the Third. Oh, Jesus. Of course she did say that. <laughs> of course she did, right? Uh-huh. It was that or Air Bud 3. I can't. <laughs> I was just picking on her. Just kidding. Love you. Uh, up next, we got Colby Keefe. 
says Critters 3, Leprechaun 3. Oh, yeah. In the hood. No, I don't Wait, know. Wait, the 3 is in space. Oh, okay. No, that's four. Oh shit! Three is the one in Vegas, I think. <laughs> I thought two oh, was wait. Vegas. I thought that was oh. uh, the. Sorry, Colby, but who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, kidding. Colby also says, <laughs> "Dream Warriors Friday Thirteenth Part Three and Revenge of the Sith." Heck yeah. That's right. Anyway, Leprechaun 3 is cool. <laughs> um, did you find out where it was? Not no? Okay. Uh, Nightmare Junkhead. Their, podca- their, their podcast f- that's not on the Prescribed Films <laughs> Podcast Network. But they're cool because they're they are cool. coming to Halloween and Palooza this year to do a live show. They say Ninja 3, The Domination. Ah. <laughs> yeah, a funny little V8 meme. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that explains why there's a V8 commercial. <laughs> in our... Nice. Up next, we got John George says, Toxic Avenger 3, Basket Case 3, Beyond Reanimator, Army of Darkness, Dream Warriors, Halloween 3, Friday 13th Part 3, Maniac Cop 3. I said that funny. Maniac Cop. I said that funny. Maniac <laughs> Cop 3. Uh, all the Maniac Cop movies are great. Are they? Yeah. Do they especially the second one? Oh, they do seem they all they don't all seem like the same movie to you? Well, no, because he becomes he becomes Jason Voorhees Zombie in part 6 by the time part 2 happens. Okay. Next up we got Chris Lowry says son of Frankenstein and Alien 3. Nice. Royce Kurtz. My picks. Oh, you guys nice. got good taste. He does. Royce Kurth, um, he's a drummer in this uh, really cool band. I'm not going to tell you their name. He says, I firmly believe that third of any movie franchise is usually the worst. There are a few notable exceptions, but I still stand behind it. (laughs) Also, Feast 3. That's a good one. I stopped after Feast 2. Okay, then. Izzy Sutton says, Dream Warriors Izzy. and Army of Darkness. Valerie Winter says, This is Isabella Clark. Shout out to my dad, Brian Clark. My, fav- my favorite part th- three part horror film is Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Wow. That kid's we so got cool. to see that. And the first one, a uh, 35 millimeter print double feature last year. Holy oh shit. My the God. First, first time the kids got to see film burn up on a projector. It was magic. <laughs> it was hosted by a Freddy impersonator in full makeup and everything. I've got a picture of Bees with him oh like God. menacing her with his claws. It's great. That's <laughs> awesome. You want to adopt me, buddy? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my dad liked Ernest. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> off, I love Ernest. <laughs> Ernest Scared Stupid, that's a good movie. Okay. Was that was that part three? That's what I was going to ask. Is couple, that, a <laughs> that was like the fifth one, but anyway. A couple more. Got Don and Nelly. He's on a podcast, too. Horror Mafia podcast. He says Lake Placid 3. No one, I'm sure, has seen that. More like Lake Flaccid. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're to rhyme humor now. Okay. Uh, Sharknado 3. Oh, hell no. Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. 
And yes, I legit love those movies as good films. Oh, Don and your credibility. Yeah. <laughs> and King Kong versus Godzilla. It's God not, damn right. Redeemed himself. It's not horror, but I don't care. Always worth mentioning the big G. And then lastly on Facebook, we got Derek Johns. He says Friday the 13th Part 3, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Exorcist 3, Halloween 3 are just a few. And he says, great job, everyone. Keep up. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Derek. Sorry to disappoint you. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Didn't live up to your promise today. Come on. Over on Twitter, we got Joshua Brown at Josh3bbrown says, Notable Amityville 3. Anyone? No? No. Friday's another um, 3D movie. Oh. From that time period. It's got a cool monster that comes out of puddle in the floor, but that's about it. Friday the 13th, Part 3, and Jaws 3D, all from 1983, all in 3D. Nice. Well, thanks, Joshua Brown. Guys, guess what? We got a voicemail. (gasps) Voicemail from Jack. Let's listen to what he has to say. Hello, Attack. It's Jack from Waterloo, and you're talking about Part 3s, I see? (laughs) Uh, I'm assuming you guys talked about Elm Street 3 because it's one of the best of the series and Chainsaw Massacre 3 because even though it's not as good as the Hooper ones, it's fucking awesome. But one of my favorites is Critters 3. It was 3 and 4 were direct to video, as I'm sure you guys know, but I think 3 is better than... I I like 3 better than 1, or rather, it's more entertaining. If I was going to put a Critters movie on, as I often do... When I'm home alone, I usually choose three over number one. Two is probably the best of the series, but three is damn good. All right, guys. Have a good one. Oh, awesome, Jack. Uh, Thanks for calling in. That's really sweet. It's pretty cool because anyone can call in and leave a voicemail like Awesome Jack did. That's his new nickname now. Awesome Jack. Yeah, he's totally Awesome Jack. But you can call in uh, 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. Leave your comments. Leave your voicemail. We'll play them on the show. Your voice will be heard. And that's, that's how you can sign up to be my replacement. That's re- What? No. Whoa. No. Not going anywhere. But hey, that's shout-outs. You're stuck here, buddy. <laughs> he stands for number one. He sits down for number two. Now brace yourself for his number three. It's time for Insane's Picks. (laughs) Oh, as always, thank you, Brian, for those wonderful intros. So, the movie I picked this time around, um, I was piddling around on the Roku uh, today actually uh, so last minute and I was messing around on the Retro Media app and I came across a movie uh, from the you know the heyday of um, Fred Owen Ray films and Dave Dakota films of that ilk the, the mid 70s or the mid 80s uh, found one that definitely feels like it's from those guys but it's it's not it's actually somebody else um a movie from 1987 called terror night also known as bloody movie this is directed by nick uh, M- uh maro <laughs> uh 
with a cast of dozens, including Alan Hale Jr., Cameron Mitchell, yes, Grizzly Adams himself, Dan Haggerty, better known to all of us from the movie Elves, uh, John Ireland, William Butler again, we talked about him in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, uh, Michelle Bauer, Aldo Ray, uh, Carla Barron, who played Frankie in one of my favorite films, Sorority Babes at the Slimeball Bolorama, uh, Ken Abram, who played Dwayne from the Vice Academy movies and played the thug from the movie Hobgoblins, and he was also Butch in the movie Creepazoids, and also John Stewart Wildman, who played Keith in Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama. So you could tell it, it's it's from that camp of like Fred Olin Ray and um, Dave Dakota uh, films, but uh, I don't know if there is any association to Fred Olin Ray, other than the fact it was eventually released on Retro Media. Um, the plot: Lance Hayward, played by John Ireland, um, is a silent movie star and he appears as various characters from his movies killing quite a handful of unfortunate teens using various weapons kinda reminds me a little bit of 1980's film Fade to Black only instead of a film fanatic dressing up in different film characters and doing the killings it's a 90 year old washed up silent film actor getting revenge for some reason a bunch of kids sneak into the abandoned house of Lance Hayward um, who continually stalks them throughout the film behind various curtains. Uh, the kids are killed off one by one in themes from Hayward's movies. The movie is really low budget. <laughs> the audio is horrible and really inconsistent. Um, and it uses a lot of stock footage from old silent films, I'm assume, I assume to um, pad the running time. Uh, the film was shot in 1987 and promoted in trade papers and genre magazines, but never got released. It sat on a shelf for 20 years before getting a badly transferred DVD release by Retro Media. Supposedly there was copyright issues with the uh, film clips that they used, um, and there was a scandalous rumor about the movie being produced with mob money. Uh, some of the some of the uh, old silent films that are featured in the movie, The Thief of Baghdad from 1924, The Black Pirate from 1926, and The Gaucho from 1927. So, you know, it's kind of set up to be just a pretty stereotypical slasher, teen slasher, kids trapped in a, in a house, abandoned house kind of scenario that we've seen a dozen times over. I don't it, it to to probably most people it's going to come off as pretty sophomoric, uh, horribly made and um uh not very original, but I loved this movie. It was I thought it was a lot of fun and all of its shortcomings is why I love it. Again, it it just has a feel of a Fred Olin Ray movie or a Dave Dakota movie feels like they shot this, I swear to God, in probably two days. Um, what I find interesting, not that it has amazing special effects or anything, but it's definitely, if it, if it is the canon of um, Fred, Olin, Fred, uh, Fred Olin Ray production um, or a Dave Dakota production, it's um, way bloodier than most of those guys' movies. 
There's quite a bit of blood in the movie. Again, not very original. You know, like most of it's like there's a stake that's been shoved through somebody, so they obviously cut the stake in half so one end can stick out of the front of the shirt and the other half can stick out of the back of the shirt and then dump a bunch of butt on it. So, again, it's not like really awesome effects or anything, but it does have quite a bit of uh, blood in it, so, that was, so that's pretty cool. But it's just full of great character actors and shitty actors from that era that I just love. I will watch anything with Cameron Mitchell in it. Um, Dan Haggerty is such an oddity to me that I, I'm just captivated by him. Um, growing up on Gilligan's Island, it was awesome to see Alan Hale Jr., a.k.a. the Skipper, uh, in a small role in this. And then you've got all of the uh, all the people from the front, Owen Ray, Dave Dakota uh, camp of actors in it. Um, you know, Michelle Bauer, as always, steals the show, especially when she gets naked. Um, so... So I would definitely, uh, if you're a fan of movies from that era, again, like Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolorama, or um, Creepazoids, or Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, um, and the fact that this is a movie that's been lost for about 20 years, uh, give it a check, give it, you know, give it a look over, check it out. Like I said, it's on the Retro Media um, Shutter app, so you can watch it for free on that app. Um, uh, again, horrible transfer, but I really doubt if there's probably a good copy of it anywhere. Um, but so check it out, uh, Terror Night, a.k.a. Bloody Movie. So that's it for this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. Um, much appreciated. Thanks, everybody, for being on. Um, Thanks, Blake, for joining us. Very special thanks to Blake for ju- jumping on this episode. Appreciate it, man. Okay. Okay. And um, so, yeah. So, uh, again, uh, if you want to help support the show, visit our Patreon, patreon.com backslash AOTKP. Uh, check out other shows on our podcast network, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. And we will talk to you all again on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of? <laughs> Attack of the Killer!